All right, man. So I'm here with uh, my longtime compadre back in the saddle, uh, John Warren. Good to see you, pal. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been too long. Glad uh, glad we get to get to get together and uh, talk about some passions and shared interest and what have you. So this will be the the music unraveled uh, aspect of the podcast. So this will be the third one we've done, and uh, I was just like, I had you on. Uh, I just kind of I have like a top one hundred guest list, and kind of divided out like different shows I want to do because my goal to do one hundred podcast and. 2018 that's a good goal man yeah that's a good goal we're at 20 i think 21 was what we were at yesterday mm -hmm. and that's we've done like i do this thing called after the show where i just mm -hmm. review movies and tv shows i've yeah. done three of those uh and then we've done i think 11 life unraveleds three music unraveleds um i got a history unraveled i've been recording just me solo doing some of my stuff over 1968 and uh, yeah, but it's all coming together. Twenty-one episodes, so this will be the twenty-second episode. Man, it's an honor to be here. Yeah, dude. So, uh, what have you been up to, man? Just uh, hanging out. Just, I mean, any, nah, any, any, anything new and exciting? <laughs> How's Corbin doing? He's good, man. Thirteen, thirteen-year-old oh boy, dude. What the hell? Uh, yeah, he uh, he's a big boy. He's a big, strong lad. Uh, he uh, worships Elon Musk. Dude, I have gone so down the Elon Musk rabbit hole. It's a big rabbit hole. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> we yes. could do an entire podcast. Uh, yeah, Elon I mean, Musk. really, Easily. honestly. Elon Easily. Musk unraveled. I'm, yeah. I'm down. Hey, we'll have you back. <laughs> I'll um, be here. <laughs> I, we see, you know what? Like, I think that it's important. Like, I'm trying to collaborate with people that are passionate about shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, and, what, and why I was like, I didn't be like, hey, let's do one on Tool or Pussifer uh -huh. or... A perfect circle it's like right. when i was hanging out with you years and years ago you you fucking told me about pussy uh -huh. you were the person that told me about that band uh -huh. um and you would never talk about those individual bands it was always maynard 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 <laughs> maynard you know and i was just like i was like dude we'll just do it on maynard and you were yeah. like oh yeah 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 that's uh you know i got a couple idols but uh he's there yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've seen. I, I guess he's done three JREs, mm -hmm. and um, I've only seen two of those. It mm -hmm. just came. To my, damn it. Yeah. So uh, I got to watch that middle episode. I, the oldest one I saw back in Red Band in the um, Death Squad Studios or whatever. Um, I watched. I rewatched that one. Uh, that's the first time he was on, and then he was on recently. Mm -hmm. And but he was on in like the four hundreds episodes. Mm -hmm. So, but great source. I mean, because he. I think those are some of the best interviews I've seen him do. I mean, what I mean, you 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 would be more scholarly on uh, consuming his content. I mean, I've just gone down a few YouTube rabbit holes on um, like Maynard himself, but I've really listened to his music. Over I the promise years. that I'm going to touch on that on the way out today. Yes. I'm going to give you some of that content. You know, a nice, good, hard. I'm going to give it to you, bro. Next, and excellent. We'll <laughs> we'll throw we'll throw any links in the description. Yeah, I, you got I may it, uh, yeah. I may edit some pictures or video in sure. after the fact. So. Um, Maynard's an interesting cat. I mean, what would you, where do you start? He's such a complex uh, individual. Cinquenta each race. You know, he's 53. Um, what do I got about him? You know, um, where, when was he born? Oh, yeah. Ravenna, Ohio, born 1964, April 17th. I'm going to get that little bio. Three days before my birthday. What? Yes. Yes. I'm about to turn 31, dude. What the hell? Dude, I, what? 
How, you know? how much older are you than me? I'm just 35. I'm okay. saying I'm putting the just in there to yes, feel better about myself. that sounds better. Yes, yeah. I'm not yet 31. <laughs> I'm starting to own it already, though. You know, but, you know, turning 30, I get to say this to you. So um, it felt like a new beginning, right? Turning yeah, 30, it, really, it really did. It does. You know, I, I tell everybody that, and they're like, dude, you're just getting old. I'm like, no, it really did. It felt great. It felt like I've got a new chance at life. I got a second chance. Um, a lot of bad things were happening at that point in my life, so it's a chance to start over, you know. Uh, since I've seen, you know, I almost died, um, went through a lot of, uh, pulmonary hypertension and horrible stuff like that and, uh, gained a lot of weight, went through a lot of horrible stuff. I've lost 130 pounds. Congrats. Dude. I feel, that's, I feel great. Awesome. I've had surgery. I feel, I feel great, but you know, the world's crazy, but we'll get, we'll get back. You're on your comeback. This I'm, is, yeah, you did, it's, it's crazy how just like you can look at something and be like, the next 10, you know, yeah, the next 10 it's years. A, like, I feel yeah. like that it's easier to make those longer term goals when yeah. you hit like that 30 mark. Like everything yeah. was like a, a, a five year less goal for me in my twenties. Right. Yeah. You know, even till I was 30 and then it was just like, well, I don't know. I just started thinking in larger increments and now I'm thinking in even larger increments. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. my dad always said, and, uh, I'll put a shout out to him real quick. He always said he was a wise man. Um, he said, a man doesn't have a lick of sense until he's 30. And I never knew what that meant. Um, and I lost him when I was 29. And I think I, I finally know what it means. It means that you don't have a sense of your own mortality. But you get 30, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gauge God. things for you. And you're going to die. And all of a sudden you got to start enjoying your life. you got to make changes or, I mean, because you know your life is short. And you better start enjoying things now. You better start being thankful and grateful for your circle, the ones you love your perfect circle the one <laughs> the ones you care about so yeah no i totally i totally agree i mean it uh the older i get and i saw someone make like a facebook status yesterday and they were um they said something about uh to the effect that like their life was over half over or something like that oh, and man. i used to think in those terms but then like somebody uh told me once they're like hey think about think about it differently like bump your life expectancy up a little <laughs> bit and you know it's like because he was like i'm gonna live to be like well over 100 yeah. due to my lifestyle choices etc or what or whatever like and he's like so i'm just gonna focus on that instead of like because like the it's almost like glass half empty when you're mm -hmm. thinking like oh my life's a third of the way over because theoretically based on life expectancies mine kind of is <laughs> you know but i'm trying not to think that that way you know so anyway well, middle age didn't start till you're 45 so yes i mean we're, we're just adults now we'll have we'll do a midlife crisis episode I'm be excited. like episode 1527 yeah well you know age is just uh age is just a number 40 is the new 30 somebody i think rob said that yesterday 50 is the new 40 60 is the new 50 yeah you know 70 is the new 60 but 80 still 80 <laughs> nice um you know real quick segue uh so i've been i've been propagating this myth uh so apparently some of the, some people in the upper echelons of society like a maynard mm. but not maynard we'll say which is crazy maynard is like four years younger than my dad mm -hmm. he's born in 64 mm -hmm. so um <coughs> but like keith richards from the rolling stones mm -hmm. apparently rumored has a blood bitch oh my god do you know what a blood bitch is? oh i do okay you think I, I mean look at me man of course i do yes <laughs> but he's just like like gets these super athletic like 20 year old blonde hair blue eyed like they're on their this perfect diet and yeah. they they give transfusions to him 
Yeah, so he can stay young and vibrant and do heroin and stuff like that. Allegedly. I have no idea. I'm just mm, repeating what I've heard. No, I, I love this. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I, I was just about to say, well, you know, that dude's a vampire. Yes. But, but now you're telling me this, and I'm just getting these visions of like the uh, underworld, you know, when he just like, comes floating down oh with all the God. tubes hanging yes, from him. Yes. You know? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. I love it. I hope, I hope he just has like this giant, this giant vat of delicious blood that he's just laying in. And then, like, I can just see him sitting there with, like, a blood jelly steak at night. <laughs> Got to get that blood into it. it. It's keeping me young. It's delicious. That man. is, it's like, good. I've heard so that. Good. And have you heard uh, also about these um, occult um, sort of groups that uh, do these, um, like, if, I know you've seen, like, uh, like you have, like, a, a girl laying there and, like, guys are eating sushi off of her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure there's a term for it. But, like, imagine someone laying in a tub of blood, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people are like, and that's not, maybe it's not actual blood, maybe it is, I don't know. But there's a picture out there, also, allegedly, mm-hmm. of Lady Gaga, like, doing a little, you know, like, dipping her finger in it, and it's totally wild. Totally wild. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can pull that yeah, up. Yeah, pull it up, yeah. I got to see this. That's, that's yeah, amazing. I mean, I show it to people periodically. No, I, mean, no. I don't know where I heard about it, or uh, but it's, I think it's called, like, spirit cooking. See, that's amazing. Yeah, I've been... Uh, so, is is uh, how into Zeppelin is Maynard? Was that an influence? No, see, I was thinking more about, you know, when you said Lady Gaga, because she used to be in a Zeppelin cover band. Because that's where I, See, where my head was the, going with that. But. Zeppelin and the occult. There's some crazy. Oh my with God. Crowley. I want to oh, do a yeah. whole spot no, on that. I keep talking story. about it. Yeah. You ever? You can play their music backwards, and it's hilarious. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Oh wow. And, yeah. I know. Oh, we could do, go. We can get that. into that. I've got it. You know. Do you have any vinyl? <laughs> do you have to do it on vinyl? I don't have it on vinyl, but you can. There, there are TED talks about backwards. Um, I'll check that out. Zeppelin. I was just watching a TED talk on Elon Musk. Um, oh, that can go. We can go. Like I said, let's not even touch it. Okay, <laughs> here, here we go. Come on, no Chromecast discovered. Don't do this to me. Okay, I'm just going to show it to you on my phone if we don't get our, our, our stuff together. Right there, bro. Oh, wait, is it coming up? I oh, love okay. that so yeah. much. Let's okay, see. Is it. it coming up? Oh, come on. We got the Chromecast. I got to see refresh. this on a big screen. Oh, Spirit oh, cooking? Spirit cooking, bro. Lady no, I, I believe it. That This looks like... um. You know, I've, yeah, I've seen the sushi all over the place, man. I'm in yeah, a rock band. I know. Are you so kidding me? I've, I've seen this, but... Yeah, so this is just wild, dude. I don't know. For whatever reason, it's not wanting to show this uh, this image. But maybe I can do this. We need a digital bitch in here is what we need. See, <laughs> I know. I need a producer. Yeah. I really do, because <laughs> ed- the editing after the fact sucks. Um, it's not horrible, but uh, like I just don't want to go all extravagant. The podcast would be so much more visually stimulating, but... Like on the audio side, like I, I, I almost um, audio is so easy to do, yeah. and I get just as many listens on, right. on my audio. Oh yeah, yeah, outlets as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but it's not coming up. But Lady Gaga. No, I cooking. saw it though. Yeah. I saw it, dude. That's, Super freaky. That's, Check that's it out amazing. on the interwebs. Oh man, I'm I'm gonna be looking that up. So that's outstanding. Um, let's uh, let's dig a little bit into uh, so Maynard is not even his real name. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Is that is that something he took? Like he didn't he start he started like he like isn't Maynard like a character created? But his real name is. Well, I, I mean I'm I'm gonna stick with that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I can't I can't remember. I was reading something about it. Like he at some point started using Maynard like is like a young like a young yeah guy, yeah like at a young I mean he was in the army and everything else. Yeah, yeah, dude, he actually was. Um, I just like I read a lot about his early life. Mm-hmm. Um, before the podcast, um, right. but he went to West Point for mm-hmm. one year, correct, and yeah. they're like, "Hey, you know, you want to keep doing this?" And he's like, "No, you won't tolerate my dissidence." <laughs> like, but he was in the Glee Club and ran cross country at West Point, and that's like, true. That's true. Yeah. Um, even like a like, uh, I don't know, basic, not basic training. Maybe it's just basic advanced training. But like, it seemed to be like they were talking about like almost like special forces level training. He even excelled in that. So like mm-hmm. anything this dude has touched, he excels. But he has a crazy like backstory with like his stepdad and his mom having um, an aneurysm when he was a kid. Yeah, his now um, Christ, uh, Christian Science. Um, it they didn't believe in medicine, so they mm. just you know pray the illness away. So his mom Judith Marie she she lays there ten thousand days. So that you know that rings some bells from Tool. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, beautiful song. And she lays there um, ill 10,000 days, eventually dies because God didn't save her. So then comes a perfect circle. You hear the song of Judith where he's cursing God. 10,000 days comes out with Tool. It's a lot of people believe it's him making his peace with God afterwards. I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. You will never know the truth with him. He's an enigma. That's why I've always followed Maynard always because I love the mystery personally. Um, I mean, I saw a tool in concert last year. Oh yeah. And I didn't even see Maynard. But no, you don't, you know, he wasn't there. No, <laughs> no, he's not. I don't think he was there. You know, he just piped. So it was a hologram in the yeah. right gear. <laughs> the Prince hologram. A Prince hologram. I was, dude, that's weird. I was just about to say the Prince hologram. What? Yeah, dude, I was nice. just about to I was thinking about some that. Prince on the way over here. So you guys, you guys used to cover a, a Prince when song. When Doves yeah. Cry yeah. and um, Darling Nikki. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys ever do Purple Rain? No, I didn't do Purple Rain, man. Um, that song, um, you know, it makes me cry. Yeah. But, uh, but I remember you guys doing uh, When <clears throat> Doves Cry for sure. Yeah, dude. I love When Doves Cry. That's, that, was our, that was our baby 100 years ago. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, are you, are you guys still playing? Man, you know, it's just come down to me and Kyle Southall. What's Kyle been up to? I haven't seen that dude in he years. He works his butt off. Still working at the yeah, D.C.? at the D.C. He is still working. He's still the best drummer uh, in the state. I'll, you know, he's still got you know, eight, eight arms. I have a full drum kit across the hall. Um, yeah. Uh, Dylan Sparks. Oh, yeah? Uh, so he was on the podcast, episode uh-huh. two. Yeah. But um, he and I have been jamming together a little bit, and uh, he's actually was like, he has his drum kit set up like Kyle's drum yeah, kit. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. Kyle is, um, you know, here's God, the drum God, and here's Kyle. You know, he's he's that. He I mean, I'm insane. He's always been insane. Yeah, he's um, he's it's his gift, and um, we just kind of made a, a pact a long time ago that you know we are connected mentally, as far as music goes, and um, I, there are about this many bands left in rock music. We know this. Rock is not dead; it's dormant in popular culture. We know this. Um, there's underground, and then there's we know that rock is taking a big, silent sleeping dragon nap, and so we've decided to mold our sound. Um, I'm a singer of, of a band called Effectus, by the way. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> I forgot to mention that in the beginning. Um, 
Kyle Southall and I, and we're the only remaining members, but it's actually turned out absolutely for the better because it's in this digital age. That's kind of, that's all we need. It is crazy and, uh, how much uh, recording you can do. Have you heard any of um, Jack White's new stuff oh, he just put out? God, Holy yes. shit. I know. And, and maybe that's the evolution. You have a ladybug on your head. Dude, I, I, th- I this keeps happening. It's, I mean, it's, it's a piece of uh, This thing. happened on the podcast yesterday. It was on Rob's mic stand. It's actually to... a Japanese lady I was beetle just about to say that. In my house uh-huh. slash studio, got infested with those things, and um, we got it taken care of, but every now and then there's still one, like, that eluded all the poison spray and everything, but, little, yeah. Little geisha running around on your head. Yeah. Well, if I have any, tell me. Well, I tell you, um, no, but it's, it's all we've needed, and, um... Our stuff is just, it's new, and it's positive. You know, we kind of had the whole new metal sound back in uh, 2008 when we recorded. And uh, since then, we've gone through a lot of guys. We we had a new bassist, and we had really put ourselves together. And uh, his name was Scotty, um, Scotty Pratt. And uh, he was tragically killed uh, in a car accident uh, on the ice. And since then, we were just like, you know what? Let's just do it ourselves. We keep, we keep losing people for different reasons, yeah. whether it be to uh, to rehab, to 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 ice, and it's just like let's just did do it your, ourselves. Did your original bass player move away, Brandon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's did. what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've just been doing it ourselves, and honestly, uh, no one expects what's coming. It's a sexy album, and when I mean sexy, I mean literally, it's like a male dark banks. Like it's it's really good stuff. It's 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 sensually charged, and I'm excited to put it out. It's a lot popular and more electronic than I ever expected my music to be. So it's uh, nice. Are you getting a lot more like into um, like that side, or using like Logic Pro or anything like that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Absolutely. It's a lot of samples. Um, a lot of samples, man. And um, man, I, I like. Uh, are you into any bands that are really, like the Floozies, for example, that are oh, really I know doing? Floozies, I, yeah. I do the Floozies. Sick, yeah. Bro. Uh, they're playing in, um, you know, up at uh, Backwoods Music Festival where they had Walker Roosters. Mm-hmm. I love the Flusies. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's like their guitar player is super sick, mm-hmm. and he's DJing right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. They're a two piece with a guitar player and a drummer. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's just you know I, I knew how to do all the sampling and the, uh, and the electronics, and I've been playing you know piano since God was a boy. So, I just yeah, I for, yeah, I forget that <laughs> you you did a lot of piano parts and stuff on. Mm-hmm. Um, some uh, some of the earlier uh, stuff you guys did, and with with Kyle able to do everything he can percussive, he's turning a lot of his kit into electronic stuff. And uh, man, I'm oh, just nice. so excited to show it to you. It's um first th- our first song will be coming out uh, this year that we're going to be putting out. The first single, if a local band can have a single, is going to be called Origami. So I'm looking forward to bringing that to you and let you showing that off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, we can definitely. Um we can definitely uh, get get more into that uh, when it comes out. So Rob has got an album he's oh, mid production yeah. on right now, uh, so which uh, I'll have when I get that podcast edited. Rob's, well. Rob's great. Yeah, good dude, really good dude. And I mean, honestly, like I've done several podcasts uh, that were you know an hour or two hours, but like, mm-hmm. dude, we went for three hours. <laughs> which you know, if you have any time constraints, let me know. But I have we none. just we sat down and like uh, you know it was a it was a really excellent excellent conversation to have we touched on a lot of topics talked about that school shooting so um yeah check that out when uh when you get a chance i will listen so um 
Yeah, so Maynard has kind of like a rough, uh, rougher upbringing. Maybe, maybe an abusive stepdad, but this maybe this oh, guy yeah. he didn't get along with. Mm-hmm. Ends up moving to Michigan with his real dad, mm-hmm. where he wrestles on the high school team. Mm-hmm. His dad's a coach. Mm-hmm. That that is correct. And then West Point goes to the military, like because then like he got lured into the GI Bill, right? That's correct. And he wa- like uh, he joked about this on the Joe Rogan podcast. So he's like, "Yeah, I, w- I was an artist. I wanted to be a map maker, mm-hmm. and they told mm-hmm. me I could." Mm-hmm. And then they said, "Oh, no. oops, this yeah. is full. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. go take." <laughs> so he said something like, "Go catch bullets" or something like that. It's like, "Yeah, yeah, we got this job available." <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so that's uh, that was in. So he graduated high school in '82, and I think he graduated West Point in '84. And then, so that puts him mid-20s, and it's like, what, 1990 before Tool releases their first? 91, opiate. Yeah. Yeah. How old was Maynard then? So that's, so if he's 64, <sighs> no, 74, right 84, uh, I mean, not 30 years old, so. And the sound hasn't changed. Man, okay, I screenshotted something to show you um, while I was waiting for coffee, so um, my apologies on keeping you waiting. Did we say 10.30 or 10? 10.30. Okay, good. Cause I was, was like, man, early. no, and dude, I was like, I was like, I can get here. I was planning to be back by ten ten. I was like, I'll be back in plenty of time. But uh, my my apologies on keeping you waiting. No, no, no. So, so here's Maynard just shredding in like mm-hmm. 1990 or something. Oh yeah, look who that is in front of him. Tom Morello. I was just about to say, yeah, yeah. That's Tom Morello. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which uh, I was talking to my class about Tom Morello the other day. Looks like whoever's next to him, and not to like be, you know, assumative or uh, making assumptions on, but it looks like uh, he could be related to that lady. I don't know. Maybe it's a sister or something. Kind of similar. No, I don't know. Similar looks, features. Looks, yeah, looks but uh, Tom Morello went to Harvard, bro. That I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Micah Anzinger uh, from Incubus went to Harvard too. No, I didn't know that. So either. yeah, um, but fascinating little uh, tidbit, or uh, you know, cool little uh, attraction there. That's amazing. I mean, he hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. So uh, like, his hairstyle evolves a lot. It, it's like, and is that his actual hair? No, I met Tom Morello. He hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. I was like, yeah, Maynard's hair, because you know, like Maynard, like it's like I almost feel like he has all of these oh, characters. Dude, that's, um, that's wigs. Yeah. Now, if you're gonna talk about Maynard's characters, we're gonna be talking Andy Kaufman, because he is. I've Ooh. just been going down the Andy Kaufman rabbit yeah, okay, hole, dude. Well, that's uh, then he is. Do you Andy think Kaufman he's still alive? Music. Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Oh Jesus. See now we're gonna really be talking some. This is the great part about the podcast, shit. dude. So was, what is Maynard super inspired by Andy Kaufman, Very or is he much. just like oh, okay? Well, yeah. now you can say that he's a parallel, a musical parallel of Andy Kaufman, and that's well, when I get Maynard so loves comedy, and his comedy is like horrifying. He's probably it's ahead horrifying. of its time. It scares me. Yeah. <laughs> see, I went to the Pussifer show. Yeah. Where'd you see him at? Memphis. Nice. So I was already messed up, <laughs> but okay, it's just one giant silk screen. Okay. So they don't let you film anything. They will escort you out of the building, okay? But it's just this intimate little show. Karina Round opened up for him. She's the female vocalist. And I'm pretty sure she does quite a few backing vocals in the new A Perfect Circle, but we'll get into that, maybe. Karina Round is this just voluptuous, sexy girl. And she sings um, with Maynard. She's the other vocalist of Pussifer. But, I mean, just 
after she opens for the band doing her little solo project, out of nowhere, here comes, here comes Maynard, and he's pulling this little Airstream RV, like, not RV, but, you know, just a little camping trailer. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they film, like, a music video or something in a camping trailer? Yeah, but, dude, he's pulling it on stage, like, like, a, like a mule. He's just pulling it on stage. Just, <laughs> just pulling it on stage, literally. And then Karina steps out of it, and, they, and as he's talking a little bit, they start setting up a campsite with like a fire, like it's a fake fire, but it's a fire. And they start setting up chairs and they set up the wine. Well, I, I have, I've tasted his wine. We're going to talk about that too. Is it exquisite? They were drinking it on Jerry. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I've got my own words for it. All right. Fantastic. And, um, well, see, I've just got distracted because his wine will take you back. And yeah. It will. But Dude, you, you remember that Muscadine wine you used to have? My, Holy my shit. My bootleg. <laughs> Like, I can still taste that wine. Yeah, That's yeah. the best wine I've ever had. I'm a wine dude. dude, bro. I'm a wine dude. All right, so... Um, damn, that's delicious. Okay. <laughs> Here we were watching them set up this camp, and then him and Karina start singing uh, together. This beautiful like acapella. acapella. Just, oh, dude, just that, harmonizing. I remember the first time you uh, played that barbershop thing that Maynard does on maybe, like, what is it, the Emotive album? Emotive album. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Yeah. Once again. Oh man, my oh, dear wow. brother, my dear friend. Yeah. Well, here, here was Maynard and Karina singing. I can't remember the name of the song, but home. Yeah, and they start singing together, and it's just this gorgeous thing. And then they start wheeling the drums out on a platform, and the whole band just starts showing up, and they set up chairs. And every now and then, someone will get up and play, and then they'll, if when they're not playing, they'll sit down and drink some wine, and it's just this intimate evening with Pussifer. And between between songs between sets they will play this comedy stuff <laughs> and it's so hard to understand because Maynard's in these characters and he's talking to himself sometimes and he's got this look alike double i guess i don't know that's when it gets Andy Kaufman cuz remember Andy Kaufman had the doubles i guess is he alive well yeah um, i don't what's know. his name that zoomed a guy they right. both played the um they both show the up lounge, right the lounge guy what was yeah. his name oh god i keep forgetting no. dude that's the second time i forgot i got way too much shit going on yeah exactly um oh man and i just had to learn all about the protestant reformation and there's a whole <laughs> bunch of like i need to clear that out and put some good <laughs> you stuff only got back so much in. room man i know yeah, I 6%. keep telling my students, I'm like, uh, like I have, I'm teaching this history class now. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Fortunately, I only have one class, 32 students mm -hmm. at this time. But I'm just like, okay, there's this, uh, I heard that you can only store up to 150 names in your head. Mm -hmm. And I have like 200 plus members at my gym. Mm -hmm. So that puts you guys at, you know, yeah. I'm going to remember like three of you. Mm -hmm. And that's about three. And like one person I've had like a lot of rapport with, I couldn't even tell you what her name is. Because she has like she like recently got married, so her name's different in the system, and she has four names. I'm just like I can't. What? Give me a break here. Like, is your name this, this, or that, or this? And like, it's funny too because you know uh, you know the movie Unbreakable. Oh yeah. Um. So have you seen the sequel? I N keep telling people about this. There's what? a sequel, bro. I knew there was, but what's the Split. name? Split. That is the sequel to Unbreakable, right? But I haven't seen it, and, yes, dude, and I it it's James McAvoy. So freaky, James McAvoy. Oh my god, yes. Okay, see, I haven't seen it yet, and I love James McAvoy. Dude, he's like not to. Not, I'm not gonna like blow the story for you. Like telling you it was a sequel to Unbreakable really blew the story for you, honestly. No, that's fine. I'll, but I'll, um, that, that makes it for me. I'm movie man, and they don't reveal that. Like, it, it, it's really creative how they do it. 
But um, so he, James McAvoy plays this character that has these split personalities, uh, yeah. yeah, obviously. Right. But that how they go over, like kind of what you're saying with Maynard, it's mm-hmm. like, or Andy Kaufman, it's like they do that with him, and he like James McAvoy kills it way harder than I've ever seen him. Cause I liked him in the X Men movies and stuff, but he plays twenty three different. I mean, you may not see all twenty. Yeah, I guess you do, but I mean, in like a certain number of the characters are female, and then one of them's a little boy named um, Hedwig. Like Harry Potter's yeah, right, right. Yeah, oh, dude, I love Harry Potter, by the way. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. I'm a big Potter head. Well, good. Yeah, anyway. So, no, I love James McAvoy. Um, if I can give you a, um, well, I guess I might as well just be personal here. Uh, he plays a movie, he plays in a movie called Filth. I haven't seen it. Okay, get on it. Netflix, it, it is it on Netflix? Yes, yes. Okay, well, I got HBO and um, um, being a person who suffers from rapid cycling bipolar disorder and i mean i'm i mean i've you know gone through all the therapy i have the therapy i've I'm, you know it takes forever to get the right cocktail of medicine and and uh, music and channeling to to get your stuff together that movie as a sufferer of that disease that movie is the most horrifying portrait of manic depression which is the same thing as bipolar disorder to listeners who don't know that that movie is the most horrifying and realistic look into the dark recesses of bipolar disorder that has ever been made. And like, I don't, I, I shudder that I've even ex- expressed that truth that it's one of those movies. Like you don't want people that know you, if you have that disorder to see that film because it's so much like, Oh my God, now they're going to know who I really am. So like his character, he's a uh, protagonist, antagonist. Well, he's the main character, and he's he's. Uh, oh, he's not a good guy, but he is the protagonist. If that makes any sense. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. I don't know. I mean, I'm. It's. it's I'm a, interested it's, in it. It's a must see. Yeah, it's a must see. Well, I, yeah, man, I'm really enjoying all the movies I can remember that I've seen with James McAvoy. I think that he did this one movie that I was like, well, I'm not going to watch that. Some sort of. Like super love story movie, mm-hmm. war. I don't remember what it was. He's good in everything. He's yeah, I know. Good in uh, that Christina what? Ricci movie where she had the pig nose. <laughs> what the fuck? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's on. I got to get up on my Netflix, James, man. James McAvoy filmography. So, uh, real quick plug. So, this guest I'm going to have on, I was telling you about mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, he has filmed. Speaking of Keith Richards. On Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, wasn't he in that? Wasn't Keith Richards? Oh yeah, he's yeah. Uh, oh man, Jack Sparrow's father. Yeah, uh, so he filmed on National Treasure Two, Book of Secrets, Crank. Maybe it was the sequel to Crank, but those Jason Statham movies where you know he's like got to keep his adrenaline up or his heart's gonna die or something. Crank. Yeah. Um, so. But he's man, he's worked on all of these super awesome movies. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, dude, he filmed on that. He's gonna be name dropping for days. Y- yeah, what's so funny is like too, like there's a, there's like this big selection of stories that was like, hey, we're not gonna t- we're not gonna get into these, not for any re- just because man, he knows a lot. Well, dude, Hollywood, amazing. And I think that's why um, uh, every time I've heard Maynard talk about mm-hmm. uh, like, because everybody's like, dude, why the hell are you in Arizona? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and, yeah. Uh, I'm touch on that. Yeah. But man, have you been to LA? No, I have not. Holy shit, dude, it's so stressful. Like the yeah. 405. Mm-hmm. I told somebody this other day um, about like one time we were like 
first, like we leave our where we're staying at in like Irvine, Long mm-hmm. Beach area, like which is not super bad. We go to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Takes forever. It's not even that far away. Mm-hmm. It just takes forever. So we drive to Hollywood for like over an hour. We we go for a little hike. And then it's like, bam, we got to go pick this girl up from the airport. So we leave Hollywood and we start driving to the airport. And the airport's like 17 miles away or something. And that may not be a great distance. But it took us like over an hour and a half in the worst. And it's like, you know how like, you know how we don't even deal with traffic here for the most part. And then like we make a wrong turn or somewhere like, dude, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's like, dude, imagine making the wrong turn in that kind of traffic. And I'm sure I did. Yeah, exactly. It's going to delay you. I mean, but simple distance. That's why I'm so fascinated by this Elon Musk thing. It's because I have just stressed in that traffic. Like he was saying, he's like, traffic is one of the most anxious things, like Dallas traffic, for example. A Perfect Circle's playing in Dallas soon. Mm -hmm. Um, My buddy Colby and I have been talking about going. I don't know if we will, but I want to. Can I? I'm going to open the Elon can for just a second because my son is doing projects on him, so I know some stuff. Cause I've been digging. Okay, you know, um, twenty twenty four. He's taking the BFR, which is the big fucking rocket. He's taking it to Mars. Okay? How long is that gonna take to, to get, get there? there? Yeah, because I used to hear six months. See, they have, they haven't released that. I mean, because well, maybe I don't believe in pretty much anything NASA puts out. It's not NASA. I know, I know, but I'm just yeah. saying, like NASA is the one who's putting in out fa- the six months. And this month. is the part that. We, you, you know, there's like three or four mind-blowing aspects to this. Here's the part that's going to start blowing your mind. NASA and the astronauts don't want him to do this. Oh, I know. The astronauts are saying, we hate you for this. Don't do it. It makes him cry. He said, these are my heroes telling me don't. Can I can I segue real quick? Please. And don't. I don't know if this is true. I, I've Everything I've researched, this is true. Every single astronaut in the United States mm-hmm. and, and elsewhere, so, some from Canada, some from um, European countries. Yeah. Are all Freemasons? No, I know this. What the fuck is Dude, that? No, no, I know. Uh, and this scares me. My dad was a Freemason. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he was, and he went to his grave not telling me anything. So I honestly, I have nothing to say about it. I don't know. I wish I could, but you know, that's wild. Did he go to like lodge meetings and stuff? He like, later stopped in his life? practicing later in his life. So honestly, He's got I know the nothing. Secret Egyptian knowledge, bro. You know, I don't want to get shot. So, but I yes, yeah, so let's talk about something else. <laughs> but I, I I know that in I was staying in Missouri uh, as a teenager. Me, uh, me and the family were, and when we were kids, you know, and we were, um, I guess it was yeah, it was Branson, and the owner walks up and, got, and says, "Are you guys having a good time of this in this hotel? You guys having a good time? We were down there swimming at the pool. I said, you guys having a good time? Yeah." And him and my dad start looking at each other funny. And my dad goes, so have you been traveling? And the guy said, yeah, from the north, from the north to the south. And he goes, my dad goes, really? And then they shook hands in some, some strange way. And all of a sudden, the guy puts us in the royal suite, which was, 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 which was a house down in the woods. He calls it the royal suite. It was a house down in the woods. And we got all this room service and all this stuff. And did did he? Did, that's my only. Did you ever story. see him do like any hand signals or anything? You know, like the. Oh, like I, I've heard like you know, 
There's several things. Dude, it was so fast. They were moving differently. They were talking differently. They were saying things that mean, like my cousin was with us. We were like, I'm just trying to picture your dad doing like a secret. No, it wasn't like that. (laughs) I'm going to say this. It was one gesture. Like literally when they shook hands, it was just in a different way that most people do it. Yeah. And I know that um, when my dad was, was going to a church, they used to shake hands. You know, everybody would get up and shake hands to everybody. And he would know who was amazing just by the way they shook hands. So like, there's so many signals, but I'm fascinated by that. It's so, I mean, and the symbol is on my dad's grave. So I was, you know, I almost asked you. Yeah, it's it there. Oh, is yeah. it? What's well, a little, yeah, little thing? Yeah. yeah. What is that? Like, uh, pro- protractor? Yeah, it's a masonic. Yeah. yeah, it's a. Oh, I can't think what that's called. Yeah. I almost call it a sextant, but it's not a sextant because that was that. That's so ignorant. What is it called? <laughs> yeah, it's like a protractor. Yeah, yeah. Same I'm essential. Having a brain, destructive brain moment. Well. <laughs> So, oh yeah, we were talking Elon. Yeah, Elon Musk. Okay, yeah, he's um. Sorry, yeah, the Freemasons thing. Yes, I could go on. Like I said, we have so many topics here. Okay, so they're going to Mars. Okay, and then they're staying there, right? They are building Mars City. This is no joke. Mars yeah. City is going up, and here's the fun part. He's going. He's all right. What are the rules on a different planet? What are the I regulations? Thought about that. What are you going to come up with laws? Are they going to be the oh, same laws? They've already released what he's going to be doing. Does he's he going, get to come up with his own laws? He's going to nuke the North and South Poles of Mars in order to create an atmosphere. Okay, that's what they're going to try. And here's the best part. He's already working. He released this a couple days ago on the first ever release of what is called the warp drive but they're going to be working on it on Mars like did what just different gravity they no, need a warp warp interstellar travel yeah warp. but it's not the speed of light like we saw in Star Wars and Star Trek and all those things we dreamed about our whole life I'm talking taking a so, small okay, space so you're just saying they're going to take the technology to that we can't work on on Mars Earth. because of we the, can't do yeah. it either oh, because of wow. regulations you know, did you watch that Tom DeLonge podcast where he was like railing off on some crazy shit and like all the regulations about how he can't he's got some company that he's trying to right. create these futuristic technologies and right. you just can't do it here because yeah. what are the repercussions? And but you can do it there. It just suddenly, you know, hit me. I'm like, well, they can do anything they want there. And I'm not, you know, I, I try not to follow as many of the uh, conspiracy theories and stuff. But what they're really doing is taking two points in space and bending a small part of space together. That's how they're going to be doing it. What is he? What does Elon Musk call that? An interplanetary system? Mm-mm. He just, they, like I said, right now they're or just. Inter, no, he has like he has some sort of weird like interplanetary. An inter. He says. We need to be a, a multi-planet species or an interplanetary species. Oh, yes, interplanet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah an interplanetary yeah, species. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He wants to die on Mars, hopefully not He's on impact. I, he did say that, yeah. Dude's out there, man, but that's yeah. what we need. Like, I mean, just like listening to him talk, he's like, well, I saw this problem. With, with, it's like a social problem, and I thought that we might could fix it this way. Well, the, the kids that are going to be astronauts to, to go on Mars are in space camp right now. So it's happening. I mean, like, and I mean, you know, the rockets, the parts of, of Falcon Heavy, you know, that broke off, they landed with repulsors. Yeah. I wow. mean, that's already happened. I mean, instead of this falling in the ocean. And, you know, he's bringing out that technology where the rockets are going to be taking people up into the uh, 
all and of, all, all of sorts her, all of her stuff. Was like the rocket's going to be taking people up into orbit and then landing on on other cities where you can be able to travel. Like a boat will ferry you out to the middle of the water where it's safe to take off. The repulsor landing the repulsor landing pads, and the rockets will take you anywhere on any major city. I'm talking New York to Beijing. Okay, Did you see that some crazy um, flight? I think it was going to Hawaii, and like the engine cover came off. Like, dude, all yeah. the airplanes are like from the seventies and shit. Yeah, like I get, I get sort of nervous flying because actually we're in. I know it's you know information spreading more and more rapidly, but um, dude, I feel like we've heard about more plane crashes than ever and more um, plane failures than ever in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. But and it's my, like I'm just doing some research on it because a lot of the planes are old as shit. Why do the astronauts want him to stop? What do they know? It's a Freemason conspiracy, bro. Either that or they never went or they... Uh, that, is, that is another podcast, which I would love to do. I'm going to do... Hey, so here's this thing. Like, I have this history unraveled. Like, I've yet to release my first episode, but I've got my first 10 episodes planned. I'm going to do other episodes while, but I'm going to do a 1968 Unraveled. We're at that 50th year anniversary. Yeah, Moonwalkers. Yeah. Um, it, we, so, and then, so like a lot of... So 1968 has all this crazy shit go down. Mm-hmm. And then in 1969, we beat the Russians, we went to the moon. That's basically, you know, and then... Um, <coughs> I want to I want to get into history conspiracies. I want to do like a ten episode run of that. I want to hit the moon landing. I want to hit JFK. Um, there's a whole plethora of topics I would like to delve into, and perhaps you could be back on the moon landing episode. I would I would love that. I would love to talk about uh, China wanting to privatize mining on the moon. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. Um, but yeah, no, I Fun mean it's stuff. a fascinating topic, and I'm learning more and more about it. Just. Um, getting into this 1968 stuff because I'm, I'm trying to look because everybody would agree, I think, that um, after LBJ doesn't run for re-election in 68, you have Nixon come in, which is like one of the on-record most corrupt political administrations right, to ever right, be in the White yeah. House yeah. that we know about. I'm sure there may be some more corrupt presidents, but... This is what happens when we don't talk for a long time. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I know. Okay, back to Maynard. Back to back Maynard. Back to Maynard. How did we how did we get on Freemason conspiracies? Well, we, all right, because um, I'm looking here, 1964 somehow became 1968. Maybe um, I'm going to try to reel this in. So <laughs> I think we okay. So you were talking about the Pussifer Show. Pussifer Show, dude, one big silk screen. All right, and you haven't seen anything until you've seen a giant thunderstorm take place. A giant, giant um, video of a thunderstorm, 50 feet high. Lightning striking Maynard himself, you know, and then an, dur- during the middle of a song, and uh, and then another video. I say video, but uh, it's really just him worshiping the sun. Um, I can't put it in words, but it's. Uh, it was, How long it was, was the show? Three hours. Wow. I didn't have. I did. I. I wasn't in a. And it's uh, just not the traditional n- band no, setup at all. They're just hanging all. out. They're just hanging out, and uh, you're so relaxed by the end of it, you know. Um, it was it all in another state of consciousness? Like floor seating, stadi- like in stadium, or like what was the venue like? Oh, of course, I'm going to forget the name of it. It's at the end of Beale Street. Is uh, it Minglewood Hall? Is it Beale Street? Isn't that it? Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Yes, it's yes. Bourbon Street, New Bur- Orleans. It's Beale and Beale, Bur- Bur- Beale, Bourbon and Beale. Beale yeah. Street. I get them right, mixed so up. Yeah, Memphis and May. Beale Street. It's at the very end, um, the, the big theater. Well, I just hate forgetting things. It's Is it not Minglewood Hall? No. That somebody just played at Minglewood um, recently. 
I can't I can't remember who. Well, it was it was a big you know the big beautiful big beautiful theater that was about I mean less than a thousand people there, um, which it could have held a, a lot more. It was it wow. wasn't wasn't packed. How it much were tickets? Because for a thousand, like I, we just saw Joe Bonamassa, and it was, they didn't even sell upper deck seating. It was a, like an intimate show. Oh, and, this was uh, upper, I mean, we weren't in upper deck, but it, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a small venue. This was about fifty six bucks, I think, is what I paid to get in. Wow. So that's not like super lucrative. He's doing that just like a labor of love, then, right? It, it seems like it, you know. But I mean, that's Pussifer is his brainchild. If we're going to talk about the three, the you know the, the the three projects of Maynard, you got Tool, a Perfect Circle, and Pussifer. Tool is his masculine side. A perfect circle is his feminine side. Pussifer is his, I mean, it, you could say it's the baby of the of them both. No, it's not. It's his creative subconscious come to life. It is his brainchild. Well, this seems to just how you're describing it to me and based off what little I know about Pussifer, which out of the three projects, that's what the one I know the least about. Yeah. You, you know, <clears throat> like I said, you told me about him. And uh, I, my friend Colby, he's, he's big time into Maynard and all three of, uh, mm-hmm. all three as well. But uh, it seems to kind of encompass um, theater, comedy, music, spoken word. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just it's 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 really it's really interesting. It's, it's like it's some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. If you, I mean, you bring it all together, and um, a lot of it's angry. <laughs> I get a lot of anger out of it. Um, and I get a lot of comfort out of it at the exact same time. It's, what, uh, what, what were the name of the album? The Puss for Album? V for Vagina. V, v for Vagina. And then... Um, what Is is one of them. Uh, that what he did three studio albums with Pussifer. When was the last Pussifer album that came out? Oh, dude, you're going to make me remember. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, put, let's, let's, let's pull it up so I don't say the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, so... Now, okay, so there seems to be some... I talked to different Tool fans, and I'm, I mean... I was actually disappointed in the Tool show. Oh, could have been. Boy. I wasn't at I the was, one you went I to. I was sitting next to some some stupid acting people. Yeah, that could have been it. But like, I was just like, I was disappointed that. Yeah, I don't know. I was just expecting something different. They played mm-hmm. mostly radio hits. They did play a couple extra songs that hadn't been playing on the leg of the tour. But it's just like. Well, we're right here where we left off in 2006 when I graduated high school. You're wearing the same clothes and you have the same exact gimmick. Really? Yeah. That sucks. You know, I mean, like, I mean, they did, they did play a little bit of this instrumental, mm-hmm. but there's no vocals. And I know that Maynard said on the podcast, it's like he's just waiting for the band to complete the music, which allegedly they have. That's Tom Morello heard it. He said yeah. it was outstanding, but. So, but some people think that uh, like different releases, and I I don't think this with Pussifer, but um, different releases he's done um, kind of could have been what he was going to do with Tool, but because I'm disappointed that there hadn't been a Tool album since I was a senior in high school, 2006 when I graduated, and so yeah. V is for uh, V is for Vagina, Conditions of My Parole, that's a Money Shot, Money Shot though. <laughs> Then they have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five remix albums, two live albums. That live album was the what I was thinking about. Three yeah. EPs, and <laughs> their first single was called Country Boners. Country Boners. C U N T R Y. That's the one. Have you heard that? <laughs> no. You will laugh yourself to death. I mean, yeah, like this is it's, this is high art. Okay, it's a money shot all over. All over country music and every country music star, it's ridiculous. I, I yeah, well, I, well, I'll have to listen to this because I've just like I've been wanting to go down like a YouTube rabbit hole on Pussifer, uh, and I, I knew that after we sat down and chatted about uh, 
different different things because I like I said I know that you're into Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and uh, everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> I shove it up everyone. Let's see. So Karina uh, Karina Round yeah. is, is the other vocalist. That's who you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't really know any of these other um, people. Uh, Matt Mitchell, Paul Barker, Jeff Friedel, and Mahasa Zergar. Yeah, a lot of them. Um, that's his. That's his new band. They, well, new live band. None of the members are permanent except Maynard, as far as post for the bassist is sixty. I mean, Maynard's Maynard's getting up there, mid fifties. Yep. So, he's pushing thirty when Tool starts to take off. When does the first of perfect? So when does Meredith Gnomes come out? 2001. I remember. Uh, so what? That's translated for uh, Sea of Names. Is that correct? Merida Gnomes? Yes, I believe so. Yes, okay. I was I was graduating high school. I, I mean, I was a senior in high school. I remember because I was showing it to. Uh, mm, oh God, what was her name? Miss Wheeler. I don't know if she was there when you were there. I think she was long gone. Uh, she, she. I remember Mrs. Hearing, Wheeler hearing a lot of people talking about her. I never had her. No. And uh, Mr. Whitworth, and I was... Did you know who I just had on the podcast? Josh Wilson. Oh, you really? Josh Wilson? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I saw him I saw him on the, on the yeah, podcast. But, yeah, but he's this man. He's uh, he's a renaissance man, much he much really himself, is. like band, really music, is. choir. You, he's just, he, he just does it all. So, but yeah, Miss Wheeler. What, uh, what were Jack we Jackass of all trades. I love yeah. it. <laughs> That's me, man. I love it. <laughs> like, likewise, I like. I, you know what's funny is just this morning when I was driving to get that coffee, I was like, I could be doing so much more. How could I ever be happy? Like, and I was like, what the? Fuck? Why would I think that? Like, because I mean, every day I, I've got I'm involved in a lot of shit. You know, I got this podcast. I'm teaching a history class. I got the gym. The gym in and of itself is enough That's to enough. keep me totally yeah. busy. Yeah. Right, just stop. And, uh, but I'm just like, no, I would never. F- I just need to do these more things. Just feel satisfied. Yeah, people are like, why do you take such long showers, bro? What are you doing? <laughs> Planning. What have I done with my life, dude? It's, That's what it, you're doing there, man. It's yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I, and I have a lot of time where I just can. I just call it chill time, but where I'm just thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's super important, and I used it's to important. like. It I is. used to think I was being, and like that was it this morning. I was mm-hmm. like, "Am I being lazy? Am I doing enough with yeah. my time? Am I do? Am I?" Because um, Maynard was ta- what got me thinking about that. I'm sure is because Maynard was talking. Um, I was watching the JRE that very very first episode, and he was talking about how he tries not to get in his own way by being disorganized, and he does more work on spends more time on logistics, so he doesn't have these hangups. So he's like created all these processes for writing his songs. And have you ever heard how he how he writes his lyrics? Well, I've I've heard several things, but I so I, yeah, I have too. I'm uh, not sure which pretty one to much focus anymore. On, on it that. seems like what he does is he's like, man, I just go, um, I get the I get a track from the band and I put it in a CD player in my truck, which has a sick ass sound system, and I no, drive I out that. to the lake and I sit down and. But I've also heard, like, I think it's, uh, was it Schism or 46 yeah, and 2? Yeah. He heard Adam Jones play one time, and then he was like, here are the words. Really? There, See, there's one of their main that? songs where he, like, I, I, I think, and I think you can get with this because you understand melody, right? You, you like, oh, j- yeah, just yeah. melody. So, like, you, Thank you, you might have a melody that goes with a guitar part uh-huh. that gets written or or the guitar part might get created to go with your melody. Yeah. And I think that his vocal style, I think we're talking about that acapella st- stuff that he's done, is 
he, I don't know, he just has a unique melody. He was talking about that with the new tool stuff. He's like, well, they would write a song and they would give it to me. And then I would go back and we would go to do some more work in the studio on this new tool stuff. And he's like, and then they, they've changed a couple of things, like just very subtle timing, whatever. And he's like, so my, my vocal melody no longer goes with it. So then we would have to start all over. You know, the best songs I've ever written personally are just a Bacchus frenzy of five minutes and you're just done. I've, man, I've heard a lot of people say that. And uh, if you sit and you try to write something, it's going to be bad. We, Rob, Rob and I discussed this yesterday. Yeah. It's like it, you can't. So you basically you can be create you can create a creative process like I'm talking yeah. about Maynard did, but you yeah. can't force creativity. No, like no. that's why like with this podcast I'm I'd like I almost try not to like it, and I mean I'm gonna get better as time goes on, being the host. No, you're fantastic. You're you. fantastic, bro. But it's you know well thank you. I mean, bro, you're awesome. Thanks, dude. Well, thanks for coming on. <laughs> no, and, uh, it's my we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back. But it's um, he like said, man, it's just fulfilling to be able to to do things I love to do. So, but what uh, life's about. but create, but to just like nothing about. I try not to make anything about this podcast forced. No, I can't be. You know, like no. I haven't even like I've got all these different like uh, we did some recordings for intros, mm -hmm. and I haven't been stressed out about putting them on because like I, what I'll probably start doing on the audio is recording a little spurt at the beginning, being yeah. like, "Hey, sit down with John. We'll da -da -da -da. Here's some things we talked about, and and we edited out this one part, and <laughs> or whatever, you know." Um, but I want to do, like, I want to start doing, um, I've been talking to a couple of the audience members that listen to every podcast, and I'm like, hey, give me some best, excuse me, some best of clips. It's mm -hmm. so, like somebody watches our podcast, and they're like, you guys are, like, riffing super hard on <laughs> this, and that was a, a, a crazy theory. Okay, yeah, well, uh, we're going to, I'm going to pull that clip out and put it on YouTube in, the, like, a clip section. Or no, out, that's outtakes, good. like, us just bullshitting after the podcast. That's good actually over. So, but, um, so, uh, so like early, earlier tool stuff. So like they, so 1990, 91, they're, they're putting their first, uh, singles or, or uh, EPs and, and studio album together. I, I knew about tool and, and Maynard and stuff. Like even before that, I knew other stuff. My first experience with Maynard and the bros. Okay. And this is really going to show my nerd side and my, my old, my old is going to show, bro, because green jelly. Uh, yeah, I've never, I've just been reading about okay. it. Okay. I've never listened okay, to it. Okay, here's my nerd show. Was showing. Danny Carey in that band? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he was. Here's here's where it shows, is there was an old Super Nintendo game called Spider-Man and Venom. Dude, I think I have, I have, a, I have a retro Super Nintendo out yeah. there with 400 games on it. Okay, right. Spider-Man and Venom, Maximum Carnage. Yeah, dude, I remember that game. So Green Jelly does the whole soundtrack. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> so, that was my first experience, okay? That that was it. So that's a special thing right there. And I know that we're not really going off on... I just recently heard this. Um, Dylan Sparks, who I was telling you, is uh, yeah. across the hall. Uh, his kid's across the hall. Um, what do you know about Danny Carey's uh, drumming style? He has eight arms. Yeah. Well, okay. So I've heard that you know how most people have like this mm -hmm. sort of a spaghetti arm technique, like the trill. Yeah. I've heard he like is a like tongue a trill. slicer. Okay. Now, like he, like he, 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 he hits the the drum or the cymbal at like an angle, like a slight, like chopping. Yeah. And I'd never heard that, but it like apparently it creates a different timing than the. 
mm-hmm. like that. So he's more like this. I don't know. I, I'll I, have to ask Kyle. Kyle will know. Yeah, he's I've been like I was just like, and I was just trying to find something about it, and I, I've thought about it several times since uh, he's a, since somebody told me that. And uh, the you know I've heard so many rumors. You know, there's myths and legends. You know, like his whole kit is made of melted symbols. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Things like that. You don't know. I don't know. He's insane. So what's this uh, super group that he's been involved in with, like, uh, <gasps> like the guy from so Mastodon? Mastodon. Promise, I was just about to say or Mastodon. Promise are training soon. Um, uh-huh. So is he in Mastodon, or is it him and the no. lead singer from Mastodon have their own little thing? I think that. Yeah, I, think, I don't. I, think I, I have. Right I know nothing about him yeah, other I'm, than I just like I've it's on my it. radar. Yeah, I've heard it. Um, I'm gonna get no. I'm gonna get killed for saying this. I thought it was silly. And very Primus, you know, in the Primus kind of way. But that's just me. Yeah, you know, so it's crazy. People define a perfect circle as a super group. Yeah, because, I mean, Billy Howardell. Yeah, I, mean, I wanted to ask you, what go what do you, what do you know about Billy Howardell? He's a, he was a guitar tech for Tool. So but basically fan. Adam, Adam Jones is lackey, <laughs> in a way. In a way, yeah. But yeah. he was really a Maynard fan. I mean, look at the dude. In my in my opinion, I think he was just a Maynard clone in a sense. I mean, he sings just like him for God's sakes. But I'm probably giving false information, like you know, because like I said, I put Maynard on this mythos. I shouldn't, but it's part of what uh, I, I, I like mean, to be. I like, like to be uh, illusioned with this. So they say there's only like uh, there's different figures out there, but there's an old sort of Japanese uh, school of thought that there's only going to be like two great martial arts masters in any generation. So, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty pretty universally accepted that Hicks and Gracie is the fucking greatest, who ironically gave Maynard his purple belt. Purple belt, yeah. So, and I got to I got to train with Hicks, and I just trained with a guy, uh, Jack, and had him on the podcast that had lunch with Hicks in two days before he came out. So, um, so do you, I mean, how changed are you? Because that's dude, I'm, I'm gonna say you right now. I tell everybody this changed my entire life. It had to. Have. Yeah, I mean, like, cause because here's well, here's just the crazy story, and I like not to tell overly tell this, but please do. I was in Vegas, and I got to, to go to the Hickson seminar, and Jack is there. The guy I just had him for seminar, Caleb, um, Cora, myself, we're all in there, and 200 other people. And then like Hickson picks me. He's like, hey, you know, come here. I'm gonna show this technique, and everybody's watching, you know. And I was just like, holy shit. And uh, so he's showing me this way to stop someone from passing your guard. And he has these, like, high-level ways of thinking about stuff. Like, he always is talking about connection. So he was teaching me how to do this drill I already knew how to do, but how to apply this concept of connection to it. And because one, one of my guys commented on it, we called the drill crazy legs. And he saw me doing it, and um, he's like, dude, you're doing crazy legs with Hickson because the video's on the Internet because that is the exact time in which his whole family and every significant person in the area – and all these red belts and coral belts and Fabio Santos and Pedro Sauer right, and Euler yeah. Gracie and Hori and Gracie started the UFC all kick the door in. Fabricio Verdum, who I saw fight in the UFC uh-huh. that week, Cobrinha, this legendary. So all these people, like the who's who of the art. I hate it when people call it the sport. Cause it's, no. Uh, so the who's who of the, of the art. And um, they gave him his red belt. And I was just like, like kind of crawl back. And I'm like, so then afterwards I was like, wait a second. I was Hicks and Zuke when he was promoted to Red Belt. So, but Uke is, uh, basically means that I was guy was showing the technique on in Japanese. So I don't know 
that's what are the odds of that happening super low I, I remember seeing choke and that changed my life and then like we, i got to do three hours with him that day and then an hour the next day and then i've done like i think jack's come to my gym four times and my buddy eric's in memphis two times and then i've been out to his house a couple of times so i've trained with him you know close to 10 times total have we you know sat down and done jujitsu i got to do six hours with him when he was here last and but here's a crazy connection. Jack and I were talking about this on the podcast. If you have time, check, uh, watch that. It's uh, We go a little over the top. Mm -hmm. We drank an entire bottle of Crown. Fantastic. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was a good, uh, it was a good podcast. But um, so after that seminar, and I thought it was Jack that was filming, but it, it wasn't. There's this other guy they know named Eddie Fivey, and I got to meet him at the seminar. I've only met him once, but he runs this uh, big uh, club in New York. Right, and they were they were all like, I guess Jack goes out and has dinner with these guys in Hickson, and so he's sitting there, and guess who texts Hickson? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. We talked about it on the podcast. So Maynard texts Hickson, "Hey, congratulations on your promotion!" Da 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 da. So Jack's sitting here having, you know, this dude's my brother. This dude came to my wedding, did a seminar, and then donated all the money for Cornell's honeymoon. Like, dude's just, he's my bro. Like, I love the guy, you know? So he's sitting there, following a wall at this table where every restaurant they're at, and um, freaking uh, this Eddie Fivey guy records Hickson on, uh, like, Hickson's phone, and it's like, uh, Hickson makes his videos like, hey, thank you so much, my brother, for, you know, telling me congratulations, you know, da-da-da-da, and just sends Maynard a video. I knew you'd like that story. Oh, I mean, it's so I, yeah. I love Hickson, dude. I, yeah, I could go yeah. on and on about Hickson. Yeah, I mean, when like, I wonder, you know, what's crazy is like so I, that earlier podcast that that Maynard did, Hickson was not around, mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, actually, I've learned a lot more from Hoyler, mm -hmm. and Hoy like not taking anything away from Hoyler. Hoyler's produced some great people, and Hoyler's legit in his mm -hmm. own right, but like. Hickson's just on a whole other level. Well, now Hickson's back, and Hickson's been back for like three or four years. He was gone for 10. And now Maynard's kind of like, that's when since Maynard's gotten his purple belt and started to like, when Hickson just disappeared, like all of the old guard, like like went either to like John Jock Machado or Carlos Machado or um, Hegan. I mean, just different ones. I feel like most people in uh, California went to John Jock. That's who Joe Rogan and Eddie Bravo both got their black belts from. Right. So, but... Um, Man, it's uh, it's cool to see like uh, back on this thing with like what we got onto Hickson. Like Maynard is that of music of music, absolutely. He's like yeah. a he's like, like and if we're just talking about frontmen, mm -hmm. I think too. I think frontmen are a lot more rare. Like I've heard like a lot of guitar players talk about this uh, and be like, "Yeah, man, I could never be a frontman." You know, because like a front man's unique. Like I could play. He's like uh, Jimmy Jimmy Harriet from Widespread Panic was saying this, and he's like. So he plays like he a uh, three hundred song catalog from mm -hmm. Panic. He's joined Panic in '06 after mm -hmm. their guitar player died of pancreatic cancer in '02, and um, he was talking about frontmen mm -hmm. on this video I saw, and he's like, "Yeah, man, back in the you know back in the '70s, I could play all the Zeppelin tunes, but who's gonna sing them? You know, there's no Robert Plants, and and it, that's that's right. You know, it's like to be a frontman." That's its own unique it's enigma own, of you the band. You have to be born with it. It's presence. Well, and too, so like I feel, I, do you feel like Tool has gotten along 
is like you know is a fa- is a is a unit or is a family or is a team or an army or whatever you want to call them. Who would know? Yeah, because I mean, I wonder. I'm like, why is it? Is it because Maynard's done this a perfect circle stuff, this Pussifer stuff? That Tool is eleven, tw- almost twelve years without an album, I guess. I mean, well, and then why I guess a perfect circle is like fourteen without an album. Fourteen years, yeah. And the, so, and then Pussifer's stuff's been coming out sporadically over during that time. He stays busy. I don't. I don't know about the rest of them. I just don't know. So, but you know, and maybe because I think this is unique, and we you touched on this a little bit. It's like. How hard is it to stay dynamically networked with three, four, five other guys? Oh, I know it's not easy. I, I, I mean, I have a hard enough time with one band, and I'm just, I'm nobody. So I can't even imagine. I yeah. can't even imagine, you know, and he's hes not a people person. Yeah, like, yeah I just think he's so much more intelligent than everybody. But i tell you something else. If given the chance, I don't think I want to meet him. I'd be intimidated as fuck. Well, I'm just going to tell you flat out, he's not a people person. He doesn't like meeting people. I mean, they, he got offered to do a, a reality show about him and uh, and uh, Merkin Vineyards, his Caduceus Wine. He said no. He what, said Merkin Vineyards, that's the name of his vineyard? Yeah. What does that Merkin mean? That I, I'm always bad. He, man, he, he, like, he always has like these cool. <laughs> I, I hate not being able to answer every question no, you well, got. Well, man, and it too. You, you, know, like, you know as much as I do about so much of this stuff, man, I've. Dude, I'm, you were you I'm were coming up lacking here. Well, I just man, I just I did a little little bit of research on it. Yeah, and, I didn't watch some of these interviews, but dude, you you like I said, you can go way more in depth. I just I just know some connections. I know some trivial knowledge, and I'm I've been a fan of Tool, and uh, and more so of a Perfect Circle this time because I've got a lot of Perfect Circle on the playlist because I can't get any fucking um, Tool on my playlist as the gym because. Maynard and all of his greatness will not allow his stuff to be on Spotify, and I get it. Cannot take the Dark Lord's music. (laughs) Yes, apparently they've worked out some deal. You know, like uh, Rob and I did a big, talked about digital music for like an hour yesterday, Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of bands have been able to diversify, and I think Tool's smart. Like for the longest time, there were no Beatles, which not like Mm -hmm. that was super jacked up about the Beatles, but there's no Led Zeppelin on Spotify, and I was like, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? this mm-hmm. and now there is and i have like probably a dozen led zeppelin mm-hmm. songs we play in the gym at least and uh once that tool comes on that's just gonna take it to a whole new level i'm gonna see if it's on there yet um man yeah, i just I got a new phone and i don't is. even have the spotify up yeah. damn it anyway but yeah that's uh so they only pay like point zero 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 nine cents on on the, you know, on the you know i don't know how it works I, I do know i do know how it works but i'm saying i don't I don't know how it racks up so fast, but I get a check from Spotify constantly. Really? I make good money on Spotify. Nice. So I don't know why. I mean, if I do, like I said, I'm nobody. I don't know why people that are well, in these d- bands. Of course, do you, you know, know where they, your demographic is at? Because uh, Rob was telling me he gets tons of listens in Europe. Dude, I was just about to say that. I My listeners, I sell tons of music to New Zealand. <laughs> I get yeah, that's tons, awesome. I get tons of listeners in Germany. Dude, I was on the front page of a, of a magazine in Germany, a metal magazine in Germany. I did this huge layout, this huge spread in Germany, and uh, these interviews. So it's like the world's a big place, and if you can network, you know, get out of this tri-county area, get out of these three states. That's what. That's the goal of know? this podcast is yeah, to reach get out. Like, um, you know. That's why, like, I, not, not like I, I, I don't know, just like we are in a different 
culture in our geographic, oh, yeah. geographically limited area. But I think that we're breaking through that as individuals. And I know that I am. I've traveled a lot. And um, I don't think I think like typical Arkansan now, you know, like, but not to, but it, I, it's weird how, um, like, I've, you know, I could teach a course on Arkansas history mm -hmm. and the stereotypical, um, you know, the image of the Arkansan and all this. And it's like, there's a whole, like, like, like go to Louisiana and Mississippi and come back and talk to me. You know okay, what I'm saying? I, like, I drove through Georgia dude. a couple of years ago, and I was like, not not like Athens or um, Atlanta or anything, but. I hate Mississippi. Dude, Miss, dude. Yes. Like, there's. You, I mean, I can tell you what Mississippi is. Go urinate in the toilet, step into the toilet, cover yourself in said urine. Mm, Mississippi. <laughs> I Dude, like driving the highway on there, but it's to hate it. To Theo Vaughn. Have you heard that? Have you heard that cab? So he's from Louisiana. Yeah. Have you heard that cab story that he told on like JRE or Church of What's Happening Now about like <sighs> this cabbie and then like this cabbie picking up this prostitute? It's. Dude, everything Dude it is, is out funny. there because Joey Diaz is on it with him. And, oh, really? Oh, man. It's just. Joey Diaz, man. He, he makes anything funny. Yeah, no, dude. Uh, Cora, Cora hates listening to him, um, but because uh, like he's just so over he's the nasty, top, dude. Older, dude. He is. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna repeat. Like, I'll, I'll I tell get you. it. There's a couple of videos I watched recently that was like Joey Diaz on this, on this, right? and it was just like, yeah, okay, I gotta watch oh. that. Twelve minutes of him talking about it. I mean, Joey. Joey was a good friend of Ralphie. You know, Ralphie. Yeah, May. And, yeah. Uh, you got to you got to meet Ralphie May. Uh, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, a didn't long you? Time. Like, did you? Yeah. T did you have to do his coordinating him coming in? No, dude. I wish. I wish. Okay. But I got to hang out with him. And um, yeah, here's what's crazy. You know where I live? I live across the street from the cemetery, right? Yeah, you're still still in the same spot. He's buried there. Wow. I went to his funeral. Oh wow, man! With it, with yeah, his, you are right across the street. I mean, he's buried right there. I went to his funeral. I I I was right there with his mom and. The whole family, and uh, that's a tragic thing, sad. man. You that's know, like he, he ended up dying of pneumonia, isn't that right? Yeah, he, he did. And you know, he's the kind of guy that helps so many people out, and you'd never know it. He would just, you know, if someone had a baby or something, he he would just they'd open the door. That a friend of his would have a baby, they'd open the door, and there'd be ten thousand dollars worth of gifts, and you know, cribs and everything else, just sitting there waiting on him. I mean, if you needed help, he would just give it to you, and you'd never know about it. Best dude in the world. Apparently, when he was um, like 16 years old or something, he had this horrible car accident, broke yeah. like every bone in his body. It was, uh, you know, going over the Scranton Bridge, right over there at the bluff, right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because where we live, boy. you have to drive across that huge ass two mile bridge to go get alcohol, mm -hmm. make a beer. That run. was like when dude. <laughs> I just saw Todd Snyder. B double E double R U N. Dude, he I just saw that song live. And two, <laughs> have you heard the story That's amazing. about Todd Snyder um uh in his song called Tomorrow Never If Tomorrow Never Comes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And dude. the Garth Brooks. Yeah. That is excellent. Oh my God. Yeah, I just saw Todd Snyder. Oh, he blew man. my mind, bro. I he bet, blew though. my mind. I was, yeah. and I was like, it was uh, there was two rows of like four tables uh -huh. and for whatever reason Thanks to my my uh, friend Michael Booty, we got to be on one of those tables. So I was like, Crazy. it was like the whole audience in George's was well behind me, and I was uh -huh. just like, man, just him and an acoustic guitar, dude, and he killed George's. it. Um, he, I I don't know if you've ever seen him do this live, but he like he told this story. He's like, you know those um, signs that uh, they say on one side they say keep out, 
or no trespassing. He's like, and on the other side, they don't say nothing at all. <laughs> and he's like, and that side was made for you and me. This land is your land. And then he just goes into that. And like he went to it a couple <laughs> of times, and um, it was just like, like it's just funny. Like you. You laughed and like it was just like I, Rob and I kind of talked about Todd Snyder yesterday. We went off on folk, but it's like um, it's just a spectrum of emotion. The whole show is oh, like I a spectrum it. of emotion. Kind of what you're saying about that Pussifer show. Yeah. I, I mean, how often do you leave a concert feeling relaxed and you not don't. just like super wound up and your ears yeah. going? Wah. I don't go to them half the time because I mean I just can't take crowds. I, I love being the center of attention or not going at all. It's crazy how I, I like can't used stand to, like I used to be like. No, I'm gonna be in the pit on the rail yeah. every time. Not and then, like the that. last five years, I'm like, oh, dude, we could get like you know, like middle deck, no. like in the back. Yeah. That way, we could get a good. I'm too like, old for that shit. Yeah, dude, I'm doing it. Dude, I remember I used to like want to be in the mosh pit. Dude, it's I'm like, old, let's start dude. a mosh pit when we go tonight. We're gonna just push. We're gonna yeah. do some hardcore dancing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here I am going to Freak on a Leash tour, Corn with Rob Zombie. Way back in the day, man, way back in the day. I'm in the middle of high school, and I'm thinking, I'll get at the front of the pit. That'll be the smart thing to do so everything's behind you. So I'm in the middle of it, and they start early, and all I hear is blind, right? Oh, my God. Let's just see how many people that can headbutt you at once. shoots. I love shoots and ladders back home. They played that. I mean, it was just... Are they back? Are they full band again? Uh, oh, hell. So um, their guitar player is back with them, yes, correct? Yes, and I tell you what else. But their drummer uh, left. The only, yeah, the only definite news I can give you because I don't want to give you false information is that Jonathan Davis has released a solo album and it is pretty mellow. He could never release it as corn. But what do you I think? Love uh, it. Speaking of corn, um, did you ever go to like a Family Values tour back in the day? I've seen them. Tw- I've seen them four times. So yes. <laughs> okay. So you remember back in you mentioned new metal, um, but like back uh, when that scene was, I guess, kind of kicking off, and you had like Corn, uh, Limp Biscuit, and mm-hmm. Stained, mm-hmm. and Lincoln Park all on the same mm-hmm. tour. And this is like Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory. Rest in peace. I saw. Mm-hmm. I saw one of my guys wearing a Lincoln Park shirt yesterday, and we have some oh, Lincoln Park, uh, several Lincoln Park songs on the playlist at the gym. And I'm just like, dude, how, what a tragic fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And Chris Cornell right before, you know, and then let's, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. But, um, I remember those family values tours in like 99, but dude, have you seen what Aaron Lewis from Stained is doing? The, um, this country band? The country stuff, yeah. I'm not into it, but you know. He's doing a country version of Crawling by Lincoln Park. I'm, I'm, it's there. Is it good? I feel disrespectful saying anything. I know. That's why I was just like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like talking about murder conspiracies with the whole thing. I just feel disrespectful saying anything. I've I've already just shown disrespect by saying that. So, the whole thing is crazy. Well, let's segue this. Speaking of murder conspiracy, there's a conspiracy out there that that show Murder She Wrote that that lady is actually a serial killer. <laughs> Angela Lansbury. <laughs> you know it's true. You've just killed me, dude. dude Josh that, Wilson brought that on, oh, man. Dude, and you I just was killed just me. Like that, what? That show scared the hell out of me as a kid. Dude, dude, so it's like it's like a Dexter. <laughs> You got to think about it like a Dexter, bro. <laughs> right? 
Why did you say that? Oh man, too much. It's too much. Dude, I would, I would sit. I was a little kid sitting there. My mom would put that on. I'd be like, God, no. <laughs> I, mean, I remember. She wrote. I remember that. And then the typewriter. Uh, what was that other one? They had like they. It's like they released the male <laughs> version of it with the dad from Happy Days. It's like Father Dowling's Mysteries or something like that. You know what I'm talking about, dude? <laughs> Oh, what's this trip down memory lane right now? Dude, you're killing me, man. I, I can't believe anybody remembers that. I can't talk about this shit with anybody because nobody remembers. Dude, we it grew up so in the same old. in the same time period. Yeah, I mean, thank God. I'm just a little bit younger than you. Yeah, but, uh, thank God, dude. All, all my friends are like nine years younger than me because how the hell did that happen? I don't know, dude. If, if too, like, here's how like I even heard if it makes you feel any better. Oh, so like God. when I was in like junior high. Like you, your band was like an urban legend, or like a, we we're like, oh, these dudes are like these these guys are rock stars. They're, they're oh, like, because that was back when you were um, you're, you're, Claymore. Oh Jesus, dude! You're, so like, but that was the like, nice. yeah, these guys, da 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 da. Oh man, Claymore. Yeah, but y'all were y'all were uh, always people were always buzzing about you, and that's how that's how I even found out who you were because you were, I think you were probably a senior when I was in like eighth grade or something. There was just, you know, we were we were lucky. It's all about luck with with music, and there was no other bands, so we were lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I just, true. I was that. able to to come together with some really talented guys, and I um, mean, they had it all. I was I was pretty bad, you know, and I knew I was bad, and I had to get better. And uh, well, you see, you're classically trained as a vocalist. now. Yeah, you know, I went through uh, four and a half years of classical training with a you know a, a classical Broadway singer. I mean, she was on Broadway. And um, Miss you know, Mrs. Taddy at U of O, and and uh, as an advanced vocal, and um, one of only two advanced vocal students, and uh, man, it it changed my life. She taught me to sing to the back of the room without ever needing a microphone, and what what that did, it, it changed my whole life. That was you know it's hard. It was boot camp. It was terrible, and she. She taught me how to recognize who, who who knows what they're doing, who's skilled, who's classically trained, and who's not. And, you know, who who sings from the core, who's got the vibrato not here, but here down in the core, you know. And, like, a, you know, Maynard, yeah, he's got it. Your, yeah. Sing from the core. He can, man, his whole, bo- his whole body. People are like, oh, he moves weird. They say that he, he threw out his hips from stomping on the stage. Probably, you know. Dude, because I love, like, anymore he doesn't do this, but he just... You know what? Like, though? get this little seizure going. I think it's to achieve his sound. I've Dude, always thought yeah, that. Yeah, you, you know what's crazy to me? How like, and I never heard Maynard talk about this. Maybe he has. Um, but how? Pan. I've heard Panic say this. I've heard John Frusciante from the Chili Peppers say this. Like, Legend. There's. Oh yeah. I'm so sad that he does not play with them. Like, I stopped listening to them. I mean, I hear him on the radio periodically and shit, and kept up with them a little bit, but. Uh, and I actually saw him in concert right after he left the band. Mm. And luckily, there's he's the protege of uh, that like went on tour with him and stuff. Right. Uh, Klinghoffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's he played with him. He played with him on the Stadium Ar- Arcadium tours. But um, the, all of these groups talk about tapping into the fourth dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that is a universal way. I've heard uh, more artists than I just mentioned uh, talk about that. But like. If Maynard is is got something else going on. Like he is, like I said, if like if there's two great uh, martial arts masters and and one of them's Hickson and who knows who the other one is, um, it's like Maynard is uh, Robert Plant or you know, and, and, and above and beyond. I, but I, it's weird how I've, and I know they do no quarter, 
Uh, my buddy Colby mentioned him because he saw them play at Halloween two years ago, and they opened with no quarter, dressed as Led Zeppelin. That's cool. Yeah, that apparently, and I saw a little video, and he uh, Colby told me about it. But they came out, and he's like, "We got some good news. We got some bad news." The uh, I can't even remember what it was, and then they're like, "The bad news is we are not Led Zeppelin." <laughs> I can't remember what the good news was on the quote, but well, um, if, yeah, you know about the fourth dimension if. If we're going to wax poetic here, let's wax poetic. Um, talk some deep shit here. The For a cr- creative person and for a non-creative person to reach that plane of performance, of writing, of creativity, that is a very real thing. It's a very, very real thing. For a person who is not creative to reach it, I'm just going to lay it out. I'm going to give your listeners some truth. For a non-creative person to reach that plane, they ha- they have to use drugs. For a person who is creative to reach it, they have to learn to, to reach it without drugs, or the drugs will take it away from them. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. And do you know who taught me that? I'm just going to name drop here, Jim Carrey. So, because, I mean, some very famous names will sit there and tell you, I mean, let's just throw out Richard Pryor. He said, be careful. He told he told Jim Carrey this himself. He said, you know, even like with he, he smoked enough weed to the point he was like, that shit will take forty years off your life. And what I mean is, I don't remember forty years of my life because I smoked so much of it because I'm not creative. I used it to create creativity with it to enhance my creativity because I didn't have it without. Have it. you heard that story about Richard Pryor setting himself on fire? Oh yeah, of course. Holy shit. Well, so what what I'm saying is, if you try to enhance, if you've already got it. And you try to enhance it with drugs, you will lose it. If you don't have it, you have to use the drugs to enhance what little you have. Well, that's take take this. Like, I mean, Sad I feel truth. Um, I feel that way about uh, maybe even John Frusciante. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen a documentary Johnny Depp did over John Frusciante in like '95 or I something? Yes, in like yes. The depths of his fuck. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yes. I, but it's just like filming his house, and then the, uh, maybe it's BBC, but some um, some European film producer guy people uh, did a documentary on him too, where he's just like, dude, he's in the the darkest depths on that mm-hmm. heroin, on heroin man. And mm-hmm. So, but I think for Shawnee was probably on a whole other level of existence before he ever did drugs. Mm-hmm. But and then here's another thing, I, I talk about this a lot. Drugs before you were 23 to 25, before you formed your prefrontal cortex. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe maybe even that so on um, on pharmaceuticals. I don't know. But I'm, I'm paranoid about people doing too many drugs too young. Absolutely. Before Absolutely. they form their, yeah. their full identity. Mm-hmm. And I, that's something I've thought a lot about. And... Um, but also, I hear like like a lot of people that grow up in this Hollywood culture, grew mm-hmm. up in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends, friends, and people I've known over the years. That's a different culture in which, like, you're smoking weed at twelve, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, and, and and by fifteen you're doing coke or, mm-hmm. or whatever, and it's just like it's a different lifestyle, and you get the likelihood for a kid that's growing up in in Hollywood or growing up in LA to get exposed to like, dude, I I didn't even see cocaine until I was in my twenties. I didn't Mm -hmm. even like, I remember one day I was somewhere where there, like somebody was, had some and I was like, Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. 
oh my god like i was freaked out mm-hmm. by it because i was i was i was younger and i was like oh this is bad this is bad drugs i don't i mean i'm way younger 25 it's scary the first time you see it it's scary yeah i mean because well and too because people like um are like Oh, it's just, I mean, I would have been way more worried about it in hindsight if it was meth, which it probably was. You know yeah, what I'm around saying? Here. Yeah. Yeah, come on. So, but uh, that's, um, it's just a different, uh, it's a different culture. It's a different environment. And it is crazy how many people like Kurt Cobain's or mm-hmm. just a number of famous musicians uh, that have died. Uh, Amy Winehouse, um, you know, just snubbed out due to drugs or due to um, their... mental state created by like i think that's probably if kurt cobain committed suicide right another one yeah well see there's there's dark places that a lot of these people already have due to disorders like bipolar disorder and they're and um like with i mean like i said i'll i'll get personal again mine during uh you know manic depression there's five percent of the time, there's these genius levels of creativity, 5% of 5% of the time, I should say. Very rare. And then I can just throw out this bucket frenzy of something amazing, but at what cost? And if I was on some type of uh, enhancement, I would get stuck in these terrible, terrible places that I couldn't get out of because the creativity was already there. And I didn't need the enhancement, so if but it was addicting. So I'd be like, "Oh man, I want to stay in that place. I want to write this stuff down. I yeah. want to. I want to. I want to profit off of all this creativity." But you can't stay in that fourth dimension for long. You're not supposed to stay in that fourth dimension for long. It's not meant for us to stay there. It's so crazy too. Uh, I was just listening to um, Joe Rogan talk about Kundalini yoga. And that's I mean, he oh, said yeah. that's Kundalini yeah. yoga, and how people are talk about achieving psychedelic state through yeah. just breathing exercises. Yeah, oh, yeah. But um, you know, I would put like, so like we we mentioned like cannabis and cocaine and stuff. I would put those in a totally different classification than like say your DMT, psilocybin, ayahuasca, whole ayahuasca. See, those are those <sighs> are. You, dude, you were the person who told me about um. Wormwood. Wormwood. Yeah, did, did, I never drank any, but you had a bottle. Dude, I've right? several bottles. I mean. Yeah, the, I want to say that I've like written, you told me a crazy story about like either you or like Tyler Hickman drinking some of it. <laughs> and I was like, I'm never, I'm never <laughs> fucking drinking that shit, bro. Like, I, I've, I've chased the Green Fairy th- uh, four times in my life. I'm, How much do you have to drink? Oh, let's see, I've got lots of things I could say about that. Because, I mean. Uh, enough to feel it so i mean it's a very strong alcohol anyway but you know at one time we're like hey let's get primed on a nice big bottle of bacardi first that was dumb because we were already drunk then but i mean you know wormwood is um it's just see Marilyn manson breaks drink uh makes his own brand of wormwood if i'm not mistaken you know i mean a lot of people are like dude it's nothing it's just you know hallucinogenic right Everyone's going to tell you it's not, but, dude, I have no drinking. Did you I go mean, to the spirit world, John? <laughs> the spirit world, asshole. They can't see us. Classic, classic reference. I remember us joking about she that before. That Doc. <laughs> Did you see the We're referencing the movie Young Guns with Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen's brother. <laughs> A lot of people, like, look at the other day, Cora was, Cor was like, yeah, he was. Yeah, uh-huh. he, uh, he got killed. 
um, Corey was like, did you know that Charlie Sheen and Emilio <laughs> Estevez are brothers? I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, I had no idea. Mm. And I was like, yeah, no, I knew that a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, like, I want to say that uh, Martin Sheen, like, had a, Emilio Estevez with, like, mm. the maid or something, like Arnold Schwarzenegger style. Mm. I, can't, I can't remember what happened. I've, I could be wrong. That's another Google. Worth a Google. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, so... I think uh, we've covered a lot of ground. Where are we? Uh, where are we at? We're, we're pretty much just say in a little the, the musical about, years. I want to say a little something about uh, Caduceus wine because I have had it, dude. Let me let me tell you how dedicated I was to tasting this wine. I literally drank wine for a year, trying every type I could get my hands on every weekend, all through the week, because I wanted to become um, tannin ready. Because being, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know about tannins, you know the yes. stems and the leaves, and if you're not used to it, that's why when you first start drinking wine, it, for it's the same for coffee bitter. too, right? Yeah, it, it, well, tannins are a lot worse than wine because it's what it's when you take a drink of like red uh, red wines and whatnot, they're really, you know, they're really kind of uh, sour, bitter. You don't like it. That's why everyone the wants big spectrum. Of, yeah, I hate to not have a word there, but everybody gets it. So. And that's why everybody wants a white Zinfandel, you know, because it tastes like Kool-Aid. But as you drink, as you drink wines, those wines that you thought were nasty in the beginning, you become tannin trained to it. It opens up your palate in ways that will be permanently affect you for the rest of your life. So you, you it, it heightens your sense of smell for the rest of your life. It heightens uh, your sense of taste like... the rest of your life. But it really does. I know it's so pretentious. <laughs> I know, right? I know everybody in Altus, all the sophistabilities. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do have a surprising little wine culture around us oh, with Altus. I mean, I don't know how um, yeah. high the culture is, but That's uh, I call them sophistabilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Post winery. <laughs> you got any Merlot? <laughs> yeah, Merlot. <laughs> oh, I like a cab gosh. with my steak. Yeah, another county we have to drive to to get alcohol. By the way, yeah, <laughs> Altus. Man, so yeah, I drank it and I, I learned everything that I could, and I became tan and trained, and I was so ready. Honestly, I was just ready for it to taste terrible because I was just like, "What if it does? What if it does?" And honestly, my dad was in the hospital a lot. With a lot of bad things were going on. A lot of bad things were going on with with my dad's health. He was in the hospital, and um, my dad. The night I tried it, I didn't know this at the time. My dad ended up dying the next day. The next yeah. day, it was terrible. But like I said, we thought he was getting better. But, uh, segway. Um, How old was your dad at the time? He's like 79. Uh, oh, okay, I thought he was like pushing 90 or something. I, I was, uh, yeah, we'll go back to that. I yeah, shouldn't even so exist. So, yeah. yeah I, I know, funny story about that. I'm like... How do you how do you fit into here? I shouldn't <laughs> exist, I dude. My dad was born in 1932, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so yeah, that's man. We got so many topics. So so Caduceus wine. Uh, my girlfriend had ordered me Chupacabra was the the bottle, which you know shape shifting wine is how he referred to it. And as you would sit there and let the air get to it and let it waft. The smells changed so much. It went from one smell to another smell. At one point, uh, it, it, it started off smelling very sweet, you know. And he uses Sangiovese grapes, which are these grapes from Tuscany, which don't grow around anywhere around here. Only in this certain volcanic soil in Tuscany. Is that why he is in uh, Arizona? Because it's, yes, that's what I was going to tell you. Only, you know, Verde Valley. 
because it's got this beautiful volcanic soil that you you're not going to grow these these grapes in but it worked it, it worked these uh, sangiovese grapes and man i never tasted anything like it it was um it changed flavor as it would wafted the oxygen and it went from this <laughs> black cherry juice from krypton to the the black leather of my grandfather's wallet like this strange flavors and smells that I can't even describe from pipe tobacco to earth to this sweet sweet cherry flavors and it would just constantly change constantly change and I'm like man he's got something here like it was worth it was worth it it was fantastic isn't it cool when like somebody that's just ahead of their time genius uh savant whatever like I mean, how how often do you see somebody that's the epitome uh, in like that that is? I mean, he's made it to the he's an icon in music. Yeah, big absolutely. time. I mean, yeah. he is a he's a a persona. Like everybody, I feel like, man, I have been charting Maynard since I was a, like an early teenager. You know, I used to have hang a perfect circle. Like I would cut out out of the mm -hmm. magazine and yeah. hang it on my wall. Yeah, me too. And um, I'm just like, who is this dude with these this guy? Because he like sometimes it's noticeable when you when he's wearing the crazy wigs, but like sometimes he does the mohawk, mm -hmm. and I'm like, is that his real mohawk? No, who knows? Because he's done the mohawk since like early '90s, mm -hmm. maybe even late '80s. I've seen him with the mohawk, um, but then you'll see him like two weeks later, and he's bald. And here he so. is, a, you know, he's with the martial arts master. You know, he's with Hickson, and he's got his purple belt. And, you know, he's a founder of. Uh, the Verde Valley uh, Jiu-Jitsu Academy. Yeah, I heard he just started. I think he was talking about that on the last JRE. He mm -hmm. just started um, because that Eddie Fivey guy I mentioned, Jack mm -hmm. told me that a lot of times before shows, he will do a private lesson with Eddie Fivey mm -hmm. before a show because he uh, Maynard's mentioned Center. that he really doesn't want uh, to just drop into a dojo and roll. And like he said, the the actually, okay, so I heard someone say that he – injured his hip stomping on stage and then he said that he got injured rolling at some academy that he just yeah, went that, up to that so makes sense, i don't really. know which one it was 100 percent, but you know he, he likes the the mental stimulation from it and i think everyone that's that's in jiu-jitsu loves that my brother got me uh turned on to hickson i mean years ago my brother's a fantastic martial artist he's a black belt and a shotokan black belt and aikido and a traditional martial artist, and uh, he's like, John, I, you've got to get into to BJJ. Hey, uh, a lot of people don't realize that Hickson is an Aikido black belt. I didn't know that. Yeah, and a lot of people say that his theories, on I mentioned earlier, connection. Uh -huh. There's an article out there, if I'm not mistaken, that say that, that Hickson got his connection theory from Aikido. Really? Yeah, and he's big, big time, and it could have to do with judo too. But uh, um, he's a big time. Uh, he's even got a black belt in judo, and his dad was Elio Gracie. <laughs> so, man, I mean, you know, uh, what Maynard likes about it is, you know, he likes, he, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the black belts and it's chess game. And he said, it's with them, it's a half inch differences. And you know this better than millimeters, anybody. man. Yeah. Just, and mm. it's six steps ahead. How? Dude, you know, I, I, says, on I want the, to get to that level. On the Maynard podcast, they were talking, do you know who John Donahue is? Yeah, they were yeah. talking about Donaher and uh, Rogan went off on this deal about uh, Donaher corner and people and mm -hmm. how like sometimes in the corner people are saying the stupidest shit like the coaches and uh, Donaher is just gonna be like, 
Your left hand needs to be higher, chin tucked, shoulders raised. When he throws the left hook, you will duck under it, and then you will do the single. If the single does not work, you will do the double. After you, if the, and, and then he's like, we'll do the he's double. Like, here's water, drink. <laughs> you know, just like, dude, Donaher is out there like a planet, bro. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy to me, I've, uh, I've got a, a background, a humble background in philosophy. I got to take, uh, I think, 27 hours mm-hmm. with, with the same professor who's trained with some of the greatest logicians and philosophers, Dr. Bush. Oh, he's I know re- him. Now retired, yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. Charlie P. Oh, man, I, I have love Charlie po- Bush. I want to have him on the podcast. Knife dude. instructor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to go to Tech for a sh- couple semesters. Yeah, yeah. he uh, he was fantastic. I asked him what was a secret to killing with a knife. He said one word, up. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, everybody thinks this. No, it's not up. a thing. It's not a thing. Up. Yeah, um, I really, I saw him at the coffee house where I was just at uh, yeah. before we did the podcast uh, the other day, and uh, he was like, hey, if I can ever help you with anything, let me know. I was like, yeah, you can be on my podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got to have him. Oh, I've watched he's, that uh, He's been retired for two or three oh, years fantastic, now. fantastic. Man, I had him for two ethics classes, logic, of course, intro to philosophy, um, then... Um, Philosophy, religion, modern philosophy, ancient philosophy. I mean, I had a oh, spectrum. Like, I have the existence pe- of God. People, uh, wow. Yeah, he has that. a nine proofs for the existence of God. Ex nihilo, nihil fit. Yeah, I'm about to hit on uh, the scientific revolution, and I'm going to do this big thing. I'm going to hit Machiavelli, Erasmus, and um, like Voltaire, mm-hmm. um, leading into the Enlightenment here pretty soon. Fantastic. Yeah, but uh, hey, love Voltaire. So, have you seen? Have you seen that? New, do you have HBO? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I'm a huge game. Oh yeah, man. I'm, I'm caught up. We can talk it. I know. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, dude. I would. I, I want to. Um, if you ha- if you have any interesting theories on anything to do with Game of Thrones, we can do episodes on that. Colby and I did a Game of Thrones theories episode, but we ended up talking about everything and right. Game of Thrones for like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Kinda not what we're doing now. We we pretty much let kept the the central narrative around Maynard. Um, trying. I'm trying. No, nah, but man, this is this is how conversation works. I'm sorry. It just does. It, you know, and I think people understand that. I think that, like, a lot of times people get in here and, like, we get hung up and it's like, oh, I made a mistake or I combined these two. But, man, that's human nature. I don't, so. I don't sweat it. Like, I don't, I, I don't get, I really haven't noticed getting a ton of comments on my, like, my YouTube videos or, or anything. And I'm still going back and kind of beefing up my tags and descriptions. And I've got a custom. Have you seen the thumbnails? Oh yeah, yeah. they're they're fantastic. Yeah. I so, like those. and I'm still I got to go back and throw some thumbnails and some of early episodes mm-hmm. and highlighting the ones that are audio only. I'm working on getting an uh, animated logo made, and man, things are going to change with the podcast. I'll get better at doing it, but I still don't think you can't get better at. Um, I can get better at guiding or steering a conversation in certain ways over time. I assume, but man, conversation is, you know. It's all over the place. I can. I, f- I feel like it's like a bunch of wires going together. You know, like it, there's there's a lot of central threads. We're both on each end. It's like ten telephone games going on at once. You know. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, like I said, I made notes and um, w- yeah, we didn't even touch them because I've just had so many other inter- more interesting things. Well, oh, man, it's good to get to sound catch up with you, dude. Yeah, it you is. Know? Yeah. And the I podcast mean, ain't going anywhere either. Exactly. You know, I mean, I'm just so much happier than what we've what we've talked about. I mean, I mean, I went. I was even going to talk about Joe Rogan's uh, Taekwondo kicks. Yeah, dude, which are <laughs> sick as fuck. Aren't by the they way. amazing, dude? His spinning side kick and spinning back kick—a re- a revelation. Oh man, uh, that's yeah. uh, well, so. When Donaher came on his podcast, they were and Donaher made a little post about it, like mm-hmm. they were working because and Donaher is not just a jujitsu guy. Donaher right. co- coaches and corner. I mean, he just cornered GSP in his fight. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, but man, listen, Joe Rogan say all that shit was so funny because he was doing it in like that, like because uh, Donaher is from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And this dude never wears anything but a rash guard, and he wears a fanny pack. Of course he does. Do you wear a fanny pack? I'm not a I'm not a fanny pack guy. I'm getting a fanny pack. You're getting one. I'm gonna show you the one I'm getting. I'm God actually bless you. Get, I'm actually gonna get a hot because, dude, I'm just to the point. Like, I have a super hot wife, mm-hmm. and uh, so why why not? <laughs> and she's not gonna leave me if I get a fanny pack. Well, I don't think. Um, but uh, I, my girlfriend would leave me over a fanny pack. I think it's maybe possible. not. It's I possible. don't know. I'm still not sure. If I don't know. Have you seen a utilicilt? No. Well, there's oh, a that Google. Looks sick. A utila um, kilt. So it's like, uh, imagine so car- here, here cargo shorts, but a kilt. Bam, this is the one I'm going to get, dude. Like you put a gun in it. I hate how much I love that. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah, this is. But no, that's no, don't that. get me like that. That's the basic. That's the basic. Got a couple little pouches on the front. So, yeah, higher primate fanny pack. And you can get higher it. Higher primate. You can get it in leather, too. Looks like the, uh, this one even has a little seatbelt thing on it. I um, swear to God, send me the link. Yeah, <laughs> text me that shit. I'm gonna. Well, get see, one. D- Rogan just gave Donaher one on the podcast. Uh. He's like, "Hey, man, you like fanny packs? Here, here's a higher primate fanny pack." And uh, then they told this funny ass story about oh uh, Gordon God. Ryan getting a fanny pack from um, Gucci. It's of one. Of, it's one of Donaher's jujitsu students. And, oh my God! And he's like, um, he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm just gonna kill him and say his brother did it and take the fanny pack for myself." But uh, yeah, John Donahue is out there like a planet, and uh, Maynard and Hickson were talking about him on that. I think it's like episode two forty six. It's super old, and then I think Maynard was on episode four ten, mm-hmm. which I don't think I've seen. And then he was on recently, like in the like in the new studio, I believe, or he was like one of the last ones before they just moved to a new studio. Dude, some so someday I want to get an offsite studio from where we're at right now. Just like all I do is this one's fine. I'm gonna do some other stuff to this wall. I'm gonna probably get some more cameras. That I would like to get a camera on you and a camera on me, but I feel like we're almost oh, going to need. Takes, yeah. yeah, I feel like right. we're almost going to need another person in here doing stuff. Producer boy. Yeah, which you know maybe I can like Joe Rogan just got was I think he hooked up with young Jamie from like as an intern from university or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. So, this is just a humble beginnings, man. It's fantastic beginning, man. I I thought that you were doing this at some studio, not here. Well, good. Yeah, because so I mean, on YouTube, the, you the can just you get a glimpse into the table. So um, it's uh, it's it's been great, man, and I'm <clears throat> I'm looking forward to growing it. And it, and I'm gonna tell you, like, uh, nobody steal my fucking idea here. I've told two people this on the podcast already, but my long term like vision or goal outside of my my own brand with podcasting is I would love to convince like the Amp or Verizon to set up a studio in which I come in after doing 500 episodes of Life Unraveled yeah. and they have me interview any talent they have come through. They start their own. Like, there's no way that doesn't make money. There's no way I don't sit down with Joe Bonamassa, who I just saw at Verizon, and that shit don't go viral. You know? And I think that a lot of, like, arenas and stuff, like, they could be making more profit, you know, through... Uh, things other than concessions and ticket sales and, and, and things of that nature if they were doing more stuff like that. I don't know of hardly any podcast in this region. Well, you've uh, I've done a lot of interviews. Um, you, you've got the interview chops. You could do it, man. Well, that's, I mean, well, thank you. And I, like, I mean, I'm just humble about it. I don't know. I don't, I have no, that's I'm why not I'm classically trained, <laughs> you know, I guess you could say. No, so. but no, that's, 
that being humble is a rarity these days. Oh my God. It is, dude. The world is upside down right now, man. Yeah. And man, I've been having like uh, all of these entrepreneurs I study are going back and forth on failure and success, failure and success. And it's like, you know, you look at people that have just been mostly like Elon Musk is like, yeah, you know, you can learn from your failures, but uh, given the chance, I'd rather learn from my successes. And uh, so I get that. But then like Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, he's a motivational guy. He's made all of his money in wine, actually. And Mm. now he's a big media, has his own media firm. But he's like always talking about how failing and people doubting him, like pushed him to become, I think he's about to be a billionaire if he's not already. And uh, just self-made. His his parents are like Jewish immigrants from the Soviet Union. Mm. You know, so... um, he remembers times when they had nothing and then he made millions selling wine online, like in the, in the early internet, like right now, that's great. But he's always talking about failure, failure, learn from your failures, learn from your failures. And I think it's a balance of both, right? There's no way like Maynard talks about figuring out how to do his vineyard and, and jacking his grapes up. And there's no way that you don't encounter failure. And like, like for example, Cora, she's a perfectionist. Like, she hates failure, and I don't. I'm going to fail. It does not bother me. It does. It does. It's a. It's weird. It's a weird balance. It bothers me, but to the point that's like I told you driving to the coffee house this morning, I'm like, how could I ever be satisfied with what I'm doing right now? You know, it's like I'm, I'm always pushing forward, and, like, failure motivates me because then I'll sit down and be like, why did that fail? And then I'll, I, it's not like I dwell on it to the point that I can't exist or I get depressed. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I just think about what I could have done differently more than anything. And some people deal with it other ways. They're like, I'm a failure. This has negative to do with me as a person. I can't succeed, you know, or I can't get along with people or whatever the reason people start spinning failures, I think, into these other directions. I've told a lot of people this. I feel like you're, you probably maybe will identify this. At any given point, I think people feel like they are different and special, right? Um, particularly when you're growing up. You, you see that you're unique from a lot of other individuals and and so on. And it's at some point, like the world just just screws you enough that you stop believing that for whatever reason, whether it's failures, whether it's regret, whether it's like Rob and I yesterday on the podcast, we're talking about how people deal with regret and it it could be anything. It could be like a death in the family and it just rocks your whole existence. And then you stop thinking you're special. Right. But I think everybody is. And I think it's like the world that kind of gets them down or failures that get them down. So I think it's super important, like success and failure, like a yin and a yang for me. You know, like I'm, I'm always balancing the two concepts. Like I can't have one without the other. I feel, you know, I would rather just have success like Elon Musk is saying, and I would rather not have only failures in which I'm learning from and receiving successes. I would like, but I'll say this, like another thing I've picked up on is, and I don't think creatively speaking is some of the things we've talked about. You could, you could pull off uh, is, just kind of like Maynard saying, not getting logistically in your own way. Like a lot of times I fail because of poor planning or like trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, like I'm like you were saying, like the best songs you've probably ever written were just turnkey, like not forced, not anything. So there's a balance there too in like setting up creative processes to succeed 
and not dwelling on your failures, but learning from, I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I've been thinking about this more and more and more because I'm just in that time where it's like, I'm, I've made a lot of mistakes in my twenties. I'm going to make more mistakes in my thirties. I would like to make fewer mistakes every 10 years we go forward, <clears throat> but and pay attention to the fact um, that every day of your life, comfort becomes more of a priority. So be aware of that. That's coming too. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, and I, I'll say this, like, um, I am getting more stringent with my time and like, I don't have any kids, you know? So like, that's another thing. It allows me to do a lot more than I would do. And I'm a lot willing to spend my time in ways that, you know, or like I consider an investment in the future or what have yeah. you and, and yeah. like burning up the roads on the weekends, coaching all the time, cornering fights all the time. But you know, it's not like I'm going to stop doing that, but I'm trying to build it up to where I can like, you know, Hey, well, I got, a, I got another guy right now. He comes on, does an MMA, uh, unraveled show with me about once a week. Like we've done four, I think. And, um, uh, he's, he's uh, running a class on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. You know, I got a guy that, um, he's a no-gi enthusiast. He's teaching my no-gi classes in the evenings about half the time. Um, we've got a judo instructor. So we got a whole bunch of, um, ways to sort of balance um balance things out so i can do more or less or be more involved or less involved it's crazy how like early on i used to think like i'm like no i this it's my business and i will run everything i will be here every day i will be here at 5 30 a.m i'll leave here at 9 30 p.m and that dude it was that way for over five years like mm -hmm. i was first first one there last one to leave and i would come and go throughout the day but like as you're like what you're saying the older i got the more i'm just like well i'm gonna be a little more intelligent now i teach morning classes two days a week mm -hmm. i'm there I, I do some privates and stuff but i mean man i'm i get to be a little more picky and choosy with how i spend my time as as i get deeper into owning a business and building up a team and building up leaders and which is one of the hardest things to do. Like talking about a band getting along, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you know, my Cora and I, we own the gym and, but there's a lot of other people that we, you know, we work with and depend on and rely on. And it's like, uh, you know, I kind of empathize with the, the band dynamic because a lot of businesses like Elon Musk, for example, he has all these interns and all these people working for him and they kind of drive his innovation in a big way. He's like, hey, yeah, you guys go figure out uh, ideas for this. Mm -hmm. Here's my idea. Mm -hmm. You know, just got people on staff. And then he's got to move on. Yeah. Same way with the band. Same way with, same way with any business. You have to look at everything almost as a business. Everything yeah, and you, you can't, and you can't spend an inordinate amount of time on things that, I, I, you know, I've been working on a lot of different ideas for years. Mm -hmm. And they're still coming together. You know, and, and like I can't spend tons of time on them right now but I'm proportionating that out. And it's like in the long run, that's why I like the idea of building an archive. Mm -hmm. like I've really been focused on YouTube. And mm -hmm. I think that that's like bands that aren't doing that in this digital age mm -hmm. that we discussed. That's like what I love about Maynard and Tool and stuff. You can go on YouTube and just mm -hmm. go down a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, and you could do the same with their music. But um, speaking of which, Tool's music videos. Holy shit. So do you know, so you know Adam Jones? Mm -hmm. um, he did all like all the claymation and stuff. Mm, all right, that. yeah. But he designed the uh, mask for like the Predators Two movie. 
No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and worked on the very first Jurassic Park designing dinosaurs. That's awesome. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was his original, and like I, I knew that he was involved with the Tool music videos, mm -hmm. but the, I'm fascinated by Adam Jones. Which Kurt Cobain believed were a blatant ripoff of this other band. I forget the name. So that's worth looking up sometime. Yeah, I was just uh, reading, yes, yeah, so like the Pumpkins are going on like this reunion tour. Oh, God. And actually they're coming to Oklahoma City here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, so Ehaw, James Ehaw from yeah, um, Ehaw, yeah. uh, A Perfect Circle mm -hmm. is going on the reunion tour. He is? Yes. Wow. So everybody, the original band is back together, lest Darcy uh, Retsky, the, the female bass player. Oh, right. The original Darcy, yeah. on it. But James Ehaw is, uh, and Billy, um, Billy Corgan. Mm -hmm. So, but we were talking about Billy How Howard L. Like, mm -hmm. um, so he's this kind of. Maynard formed the perfect circle with him, James Ehaw. Yeah, well, and, yeah, I mean, him and Billy are kind of the, the core. Yeah, of the perfect circle have been for ever, far as I know. Did Ehaw work with them on all their albums? So it was Thirteenth mm. Step, Married Gnomes, or Married Gnomes was first, then Thirteenth Step, and mm. then uh, Emotive. Which that's the one with the barbershop song. Like I remember, barbershop song. I, that's what this what like, dude. You're like, listen to this barber barbershop was, quartet. Yeah. It basically, it was just acapella heaven. Yeah. What is the what is the name of that song? Oh, like, I'm spacing on it right now. I am too, man. The um something the drum. Oh my gosh, dude! I gotta look it up. Yeah, look it up. Oh man, yeah. But uh, so is it fiddle? The fiddle and drum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Emotive. Well, I wonder what emotive means. Well, arousing or able to arouse intense feelings. Jesus. Emotive. Let's see. Um, that. See, there was a remix of that album too. Yeah. What well, wasn't that all covers? Was Emotive an no. all covers album? No. No. There was Emotive, and then there was. Well, maybe primarily a collection of anti-war cover songs. Primarily, yes. but not, yes. there were some originals. Yes, that's right. Because there was the. Um, Imagine. Imagine all the people. Wasn't there also Dude, the, the Al Green? Uh, let's see. Um, I'll, I'll just read the track list. We've got Annihilation, Imagine. Uh, that's a crucifix cover. Imagine by John Lennon. Uh -huh. um, what's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding, Nick Lowe that cover. A, um, what am I thinking of, man? Uh, You're going to read it off. What's going on? What's going on? Uh, Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Dude, I love that. I didn't even know <laughs> that was on I there. I got super into Marvin Gaye yeah, after Marvin this. Marvin Gaye. Yeah, that was it. You I know can't believe I said that. Dad shot him in what the fucking face, bro. Oh, what am I? I can't believe I said that. Oh, man. That is yeah, pathetic. Okay. Marvin Gaye's Marvin dad Gaye. murdered yeah. him. Yes, I do know that. Yes. Because he was on heroin. Yes, that's true. Crazy. Passive. No, all right. Now, see, I've got that wrote down because I was going to tell you, my. Passive. You, you told me about me. that song, passive, aggressive bullshit. Okay, I covered that song like 20 times. Uh, I played it like every show. My favorite Tool song ever was is a song called H. Like, you know, yes, they, I want to say they played that in Little Rock. Oh, my God. I'm going to see if I can pull up the Little Rock track listing so I can kind of just see what you think about it. Okay. So. H, that song put me in a state of like love. Okay, you know, it's, it's got all these buttery tones and like it just it's just peppered with good memories. Every everything about that song is just so great. First time I heard H, uh, my you know my old guitarist Tyler Hickman, he's like, "This is my dad's favorite song," and he showed it to me, and I just fell in love with that song. And uh, it's my it's, it they will did always not play be. H, actually, that sucks. That's yeah. my favorite song. But did. no, uh, passive. You know, it's got the uh, Trent Reznor collaboration with vocals. Yes, in it, and it's so. So ahead of its time. It's so ahead of its time. I will always believe that it's it's still not 
when that song should come out. We haven't got there yet for for passive. Well, and maybe like I, that's what you're saying about Pussifer is like it's it's like it, maybe that'll be what concerts are in a, in. 50, 100 years, you know, you like know, this I've mixture eclectic, like it won't just be like a four or five piece band getting up there on the stage doing the same old shit. I've only ever heard two songs that I believe were written f- from the future, like not from this time, from the future. And that, um, oh God, of course I'm going to, um, Emotion Sickness by Silverchair. Ooh, dude, is from chair. is from the future. I'm I'm I fully believe that is from the future, and I believe passive was from the future. I mean I know that's crazy thinking, but I honestly I just think we're not ready. Well, no, for those, I mean yeah, ma- like that's I joked with Rob yesterday. I've been joking about this with some people. Anybody that's like I would just say like a content creator. Yeah, I'm like, well, hey, you know, maybe nobody gives a shit right now, but maybe you won't be appreciated in your own time. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, like, shit, like maybe know. in 50 years people are gonna love the shit out of this. Puss for my favorite song is uh, Mama said. And because it's got them uh, Mila Jovovich vocals. He did do something with Mila Jovovich. Yeah. I was reading being. about that. Yeah, you remember her Multipass. in um, Fifth Element? Multipass. Yeah. Multipass. Big bada boom. <laughs> yeah, I, I love uh, I love Mila. And, yeah, uh, uh, she trains jiu-jitsu at uh, Danny Anderson, who's actually from our area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and everybody knows him. He owns school in New York. Really? Yeah, she, yeah, she does jiu-jitsu with him. I want to say she might even be a black belt. And back a in the day, belt? she'd either dated or married John Frusciante from the Chili Peppers in the 90s. See, this this is that six degrees of separation shit that just scares me to death, man. That's just like everybody That's like everybody. with Hickson, man. The Hickson, the yeah, that's that what I was thinking about that stuff that put me in that earlier. room that, yeah. that, that, that led to that situation and then me being out there when he got promoted, like, what are the fucking odds? No, my buddy called me the other day, like, well, no, shit, not the other day. It was last year. That, does that happen to you? Like, the All other the day? Time. yeah. Four years ago? Yeah, yeah no, this yeah, was yeah. last year. My buddy was working. He's like, dude, Maynard's here. I'm like, where? He's like, yeah, at this barbecue place I'm working at. He's like, Maynard's here. You want to say hi? I was like, don't. Just don't. But he was eating barbecue in like, Con- in like Conway. He was just driving through. Wow. <laughs> That's insane, dude. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, it's just always, I mean, it's a small world, you know? Indeed. But yeah, collaboration with Maynard, uh, Deftones, Passenger. Yeah. As a singer, it's not possible what he did. That um, that tonality, Jesus. Have you ever God. seen him do that? Um, I forget what Rage Against the Machine song it is, but on an early tour. Yeah, yeah. I've got no patience. Yes, yeah, man. Maynard kills it on that, dude. I love that video. Know your enemy. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the classic, classic. Audience can look it up. You need to go down the Maynard rabbit hole. Oh, that's a. There's a funny video I saw of like all of Maynard's mess ups on stage, and he'll be like Throw singing, he'll be like, "Hey, <laughs> you know, like something like that." And so then he it, is human. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that. Well, and to listening to him talk, you you see that he is, but also you see that he is so much more than the the average bro. You know. Well, you know, he didn't want to do another Perfect Circle tour because he said, you know, when we recorded this, I was younger and I was hitting notes I could hit, and he's like, "That's why Pussifer is in my lower register." And sometimes I wonder that's why he doesn't go back and do a lot of new yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean that's because that's it. I feel like he um, said I went I went into rehearsal with a perfect circle, and he said I, I started we started doing uh, I think it was Judith, and he's like, oh shit. Imagine if Maynard would have started playing with Tool instead of going in the military. If Tool would have got an earlier jump, you know, because I, I mean know. that was it. He's in his mid to late twenties by the time he mm. is a successful musician. 
And uh, uh, maybe it wouldn't have worked. Who knows? Yeah. So I mean, so Tool just kills it all throughout the '90s. So it's like 15 year period, 19 or like 1990 ish, uh, late '80s, early '90s into 2006. What if, what if Tool would have came out in the '80s? Yeah. What if they'd have been wearing keyboard neckties? I invented the keyboard. <laughs> uh, how dare you? How dare you? Oh, man. Uh, fiddle and the Drum, John fiddle Mitchell the cover, uh, When yes. the Levee Breaks, Memphis Mini, uh, Counting Bodies Like Sheep to the Rhythm the, the, of the War Drums, drums. Howard that was Keenan. Yeah, that was that was a perfect circle song. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Give Me, Give Me, Give Me, Black Flag. I've been getting super into Henry Rollins, dude. That guy is super interesting. He's he, on another plane. Yeah, have you, if you haven't seen, he did a JRE, uh, and it's super good. You know Mel Gibson did a JRE. Yeah, all they talked about was um, stem cell research, yeah. and uh, um, it's awesome. Mazumical awesome. stem cells are a certain type, like the intravenous kind. Mm-hmm. Like Adult stem cell from the um, Naval Corps. Yeah. I'm very, stuff. I'm very into that. Um, now, I mean, that's controversial. Most but bitches and stem cells, about. it's what we do here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. You're, Have you ever seen that, talking my stuff, the man. old Family Guy episode where Peter has the heart attack and his face is like there and then <laughs> he goes and gets stem bells, he comes out and he's like, why isn't this stuff legal? Yeah, it scares me, man. I, that show is awful. Oh, I know. But They were talking about the Kevin Spacey shit in like 08 wow. or something. You know? Wow. I, yeah. I try to avoid that show sometimes because I'm just like, you know, it's dark, Indeed. but it's so true. Indeed. Because, well, I mean, Seth, I mean, he goes there. Yeah, he'll just go there. He fucked up about it. No, uh, and I, I think uh, that's a complex dude. I love, um, you know, like some of these be like directors, and directors are some interesting. Like Martin Scorsese. Imagine how complex of an individual Martin Scorsese is. He's got to be like the Maynard of film. You know, Scorsese. Yeah. Or Hitchcock. Don't get me started. I mean, he he makes some of the best stuff. Like. I don't want to get started on Taxi Driver, but Taxi Driver changed my life, man. Oh, dude, let me tell you a quick weird story about Taxi Driver. So the guy, uh, who was it that shot Ronald Reagan? Hinkley? Yes. Okay, so. um, Again, I don't know. I think it was, yeah, some dude with three names, if I'm not. Yeah. uh, Anyway, so he just got out of prison, actually. So, okay, Taxi Driver inspired this guy that Mm -hmm. shot Ronald Reagan to Mm -hmm. shoot Ronald Reagan. Mm Mm-hmm. And this guy also stalked Jodie Foster. Yeah, there's a crazy story. Who shot Ronald Reagan? Uh, okay, uh, John Hinckley Jr. That was it. That's it. Okay. That's right. um, so, but the crazy thing is, is he was inspired by um, uh, Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver. Uh, let's see. Okay, so on its Wikipedia, obsession with Jodie Foster. Hinckley became obsessed with Jodie Foster. Uh, became obsessed with the '76 film <clears throat> Taxi Driver. Disturbed protagonist wants to assassinate a presidential candidate. Mm-hmm. That's what that dude was inspired by, that movie. And then <clears throat> Hinckley developed infatuation with actress Jodie Foster, who played a child prostitute mm-hmm. in that film. Mm-hmm. When Foster entered Yale University, Hinckley moved to New Haven, Connecticut for a short time to stalk her. He enrolled in Yale writing class, began slipping poems and messages under Foster's door, and repeatedly called her. Failing to develop any meaningful contact with the actress, Hinckley fantasized about conducting an aircraft hijacking or committing suicide in front of her to get her attention. Jesus. Eventually, he settled on a scheme to impress her by assassinating the president. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. Like, this is how people work. It's like, man, what the hell? I mean, you know, the 70s, though. It's the 70s. Oh, man. Uh uh, this guy was on. Yeah. This guy was on Conan, uh, Conan O'Brien the other day talking about 
how he had created a character based just on how 70s people ate in Scorsese films. Wow. W- worth a look up because yeah. if you've, again, like I said, I'm finally talking to someone my age here that will know what, what know about this, but just how they like, um, threw the fries in their mouth, like dip it. Yeah. Have you, the fries you know, how, um, um, I can't think of his name. He does the Netflix show Big Mouth. Uh, what's his can't name? His name. Um, Jesus H. Why am I spacing on uh, in Departed? Um, Departed, fantastic. Yeah, how um, Jack Nicholson is eating the shrimp. Yeah, when he's talking, when he first meets Lena. Yeah, dips it in the dips it. Huh. Yeah, yeah, or how yeah. he throws Scorsese. the cocaine. Everything is like very uh, has a lot of gestures. That's so. that. That's what it was. That's what it was, man. That's um. He's like, there's a funny quote in that scene. He's like, you know, John Lennon. <laughs> and he's like, he was an artist. He said, give me a tuber and I'll fucking get you something out of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, funny. I love that movie, dude. That's a, uh, my favorite Scorsese film, definitely. I, yeah, I don't, like I said, people who who haven't seen it, I mean, but just the, all of a sudden, just the, what? Yeah. What? What? Just a, what? Oh, I like how on Departed, how he does a lot of like the rat hole cinematography. Cause it's all about the rat. Oh, dude. You know, so like, a lo- like he'll what? zoom in onto. Or close out with the circle. You yeah, know? I mean, I, like I said, I, I guess I need to b- not make gestures because this is a a podcast. Yeah, but you can watch the, it on YouTube too. The gunshot, the instant, the gunshot that you know, the quick gunshot. Yeah, uh, that that shouldn't have happened to that character. My God, indeed, indeed. Well, uh, any any more high points you want to hit on Maynard, man? Um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll just say this, man. Um, you know, a, a dark bit of knowledge that I've come across over the years is that I, I'm not sure that people change, but I know that people can make changes. And that's my little deep thought. And music, I believe, with all my heart, is the last form of magic on this earth because it can affect you without touching you, without seeing it. It can change the way you feel. It can change your heart. It can literally move your soul. What's well, it's almost like an oral tradition, you know. I it, mean, it's it, 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 it's, it, it's it, such a powerful element. Some people say martial arts is one of the last great oral traditions still in it, existence. Exactly, and I I see them so similar. Yeah, I've always seen um, you know uh, martial arts and and music and dance. Man, there is no difference. It's um it's all the same. It's well, you know that's I've been lecturing about humanism. Yeah fascinating concept oh God, just like yeah. the study of like like the transition from people starting to think about the individual mm-hmm. you know and and how we're talking about individuals and an individual we're doing a podcast over an individual so uh but like that wasn't a way of thinking for like 1500 years so if th- there's three new songs on the new perfect circle album and two of them the doomed and talk talk both very biblical Talk, talk, it says, you know, everyone talks like Jesus, but nobody walks like Jesus. I know it's, it's a pretty basic message, but it's, it's still cool. Now, the doomed is like his own, Maynard's own take on the Beatitudes, like the meek shall inherit the earth. What he's saying is the meek are doomed in today's society. It's cool Maynard's perspective, right? But he's got this song, and, and, and it's the one that I, I want to give your listeners some homework. I'm not going to even tell you what it's about, but it's called Disillusioned. It is such a personal song for so, everybody. So is is Eat the Elephant out? 
their new it's album? It's pre-order. Okay, pre-order. It's pre-order. On right uh, I've got the information. October 13th, uh, 2017. I'm trying to see. I've got... Right oh, Yeah, here. okay. On January 1st, 2018, another song titled Disillusion Disillusion. Okay, its release date is April 20th. Hey, this is my birthday. There you go. Yeah, sweet. Yep. So they're playing... Uh, they're playing in uh, Dallas four days after that. So, right now you can listen to Disillusioned. I'm gonna. T- I'm just telling you, it's a personal for everybody, and it just reminds you that um, you're everyone is a unique voice in this choir. Everyone, and uh, we're, we not, none of us are alone. It's a very, it's a very powerful, very, very powerful song. It, it broke me in half it destroyed me it is uh, it's the first time a song has brought me to tears in so long dude look at this beautiful on the cover i know and it's so dark it's so dark it's so like a crazy octopus eat the elephant what what is that is there um a story behind that title or i don't know i don't know i'm trying to to look look around and see they've got there's a whole page up about it on wikipedia so that's what colby was saying he said he's saying that a lot of fans are saying that the songs that are on this album yeah Tool fans are saying those should have been Tool songs. I don't think so. Well, I mean, I so, so well, I mean, if you if you looked at it like it's um, it's been longer since an apart. What it was oh four, when Emotive came out, was that oh four? Was it? Uh, I, I think pl- I've I've drank since then, bro. I've let <laughs> me see. Um, they haven't had an album come out in like fourteen years or something. It's, it's only been fourteen been, years. It's only so been like twelve for Tool. Yeah. Um, so uh, Tool came. The Tool album. I, I got a hold. Oh six. It, it was when I was. Um, oh six. Yeah, that's when right. I, I graduated. So that's right. Uh, band entered a hiatus in 05, a perfect oh cycle. Oh my god! Hi- so I cannot was, believe that. Yeah. So that album we're talking about, bro. Yeah. Emotive that yeah. came out in 04, dude. November second, two thousand four. You know, in my head, it just seemed opposite for some reason. But you're right. That was the, the Tool album came out. I afterwards. thought it came out le- later, but yeah, I did too. It, it did. It came out that the Tool album came out in 06 because I remember I was getting out of uh, college early, and I remember I was late for a class and uh, for a music class, and the, the, the professor said, "Where you been?" I was like. Ma'am, buying this. I said the Tool album came out. Just don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I've I've been in a state of, of 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 torpor. And she's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Have you ever heard of Lacrimonics?" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" Exactly. And I said, "Lacrimosa." She's like, "Yeah, it means crying." I said, "Tool is a band." She's like, "I know." I was like, "Well." Their music doesn't have a beat, really. It's all these off beats. You can't tap your foot to it it's because it's rhythm, the yeah. art of crying. Lacrimosa, lacrimonics. When a person cries, they go, <laughs> lacrimonics. It does have kind of like a stutter step to it. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's so, what I was saying about Danny Carey's drumming. Like it, everybody knows it. That's another reason I think that that Little Rock show might have suffered is because four days earlier, they right. almost canceled this, canceled this uh, Aftershock show right. uh, that they were going to do like a big arena show. At a festival that they were headlining because Danny Carey had a staff infection, like really a horrible ass staff infection, and he did like this mediocre like Kyle South Hall's any drum solo I've ever seen him do was better than that. Danny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was just like a. I'm like, dude, you're fucking Danny Carey, and you played that. Yeah, like yeah. that was like I left, and I'm like, didn't see Maynard. Same exact production of all the shows I've watched on YouTube since they came out with their last album. He's wearing the same clothes. Same everything, and uh, Danny uh, Danny Carey uh, rolls out with this mediocre drum solo. That's crazy, man. but but he had staff. So when I saw them, it was the uh, Lateralis, and 
There yeah. was two naked contortionists hanging from the ceiling, upside down, wiggling like worms on a fish hook. You know, the ones that walked around and shizzled them, you know. They're upside down, and during uh, parabola and parable, you know, and mm-hmm. becomes parabola, they're spinning around, they grab each other. Dude gets a little excited. It was crazy. It was a big night, you know. Let's see. Here's the set list from Little Rock when I saw him. Third Eye, Grudge, uh, Parable, Parabola, Schism, Opiate, Inema, Descending. That's that newer one. Uh, Jambi. I didn't think they played Jambi. That song. That song. Mm. 46 and 2. Then they played uh, Sweat, Ions, and Stink Fist with the encore. And that was a different encore they'd done because this was like the Halloween show. That's not many songs. It's uh, 13 total plus Ions. Um, uh, Let's see. They didn't play Vicarious. I was kind of sad about That's, that. Mm. You know, um, they didn't play. I mean, they didn't play Lateralis. They didn't. There's a lot of songs I would have loved to, you know, heard them play. Like Riding Two, maybe. You know, yeah, you know right. What I mean, this. Yeah, I just. A lot they just of, say a play lot of, like all of those are hits. I just wish that when bands came to Arkansas, they didn't do that. And that's that happens so much when bands come to Arkansas. Well, see, what is cool is. This is the same set list, essentially, they played on this whole little tour they did. Oh, really? But they played a couple of songs different because it was like Halloween night or something. So, oh, really? like, they actually gave us more. But oh. I was still, um, I'm just being ungrateful. You shouldn't, I mean, you know, but you shouldn't be left wanting at a tool show. I know, right? Ever. Well, and it's just like, I was just left wanting as a fan for, for more, yeah. for something new, you know. That is disappointing. Yeah, so... Well, uh, the uh, the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, um, I will leave you with a poem if you don't mind. Yeah, by all means, man. Because um, Maynard left Joe Rogan with a poem. If you saw that, oh, you know, um, are you talking about the the Chief Tecumseh? You've one? heard this. Oh man, so good. Have, yeah, go ahead. Does go it, ahead. Has anyone read this? On no, your no, show? no, no, no. By all means, go ahead though. That's such a good, such a good poem. When he read it, um, yeah, it's a, I'll tell you a funny joke after you read it too about him reading it. So. Oh, well, if everyone's heard it, that's no, fine. No, 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 no. But um, so, I mean, like, like somebody recently read me this thing. They're like, hey, you know, da-da-da-da, here's this um, thing called the Code of Honor. Yeah. And they read it, and it was eloquent, poetic. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And then I'm like, who is that? Yeah. And he's like, L. Ron Hubbard. And I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> oh, but but then but then Maynard jokes about this poem. Uh-huh. Because Joe, Joe Rogan was, uh, he's like, who is that? And he's like, oh, what, you afraid I'm going to tell you it's L. Ron Hubbard or something? And I was like, that just <laughs> happened to me. That literally just happened to me like two weeks ago, oh, dude. dude no, it's good. So, and yesterday on the podcast, I didn't complete this thought, but I started off talking about I just recently met a, a, the first Scientologist ever, and they're super uh, – so we were talking about drugs yesterday, too. Apparently, we talk about drugs on the podcast a lot. But um, they were talking about how um, he, they'll they'll drink, but they won't, like Scientologists will not do drugs. They I have this thing that. about clarity. Yeah. They're all about that mental clarity and mm-hmm. not forgetting things. Mm-hmm. And um, like Rob was saying the same thing. He's like, dude, I just want my mental clarity. And I feel like if I did psychoactive drugs, I would lose that. Mm-hmm. Like kind of you, you had an interesting view on drug usage that I hadn't really I, thought about. Like with people like that that are already creative and are not creative. And, and I don't. I don't know what to say about it. You know, I mean, I know what I can and what I can't do. And I know what, um, I can only say so much because I know what works like a charm on me. And I know um, what I am allowed and not not allowed to say. (laughs) So um, I know that people in my mental condition can only do certain things. And then I know that everyone is a different creature. 
that can use different things. So my views are different than most. Um, and I certainly don't judge anybody. They people have to do what they have to do. I just know what I've learned and I know what I've learned from a lot of musicians and I'll know what I've learned from a lot of artists. And it's, um, I think it's sad that when a lot of naturally creative people lose their creativity and I'm going to get roasted for it. I know, but, um, I, I, I don't ever want to, to lose it with something completely, uh, pharmaceutical, you know? Yeah. And I'm scared of, I'm so scared of that because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I mean, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been in rock been a long time. I've tried everything under the sun and that's just part of it. I mean, sadly, it uh, is. In it the is early it's part of the last especially. time. And I mean, that is, I think even going further is part of the human experience. Yeah. Like I, there, I remember a friend of mine who's, who's, who's tried everything too, telling me he's like, uh, and I don't really fully agree. I, I kind of do to an extent, yeah. but he's like, why would you want to leave this world not having, and, and there's two sizes. So like, yeah. he's talking about more of like, experiences that aren't necessarily going to harm you. But he's like, why would you want to leave this world not having experienced as many things as you could? Uh-huh. You know, so I think he was talking about like mushrooms or something. All right. I, I mean, I just I just know that what I was um, born with does not mix well with what is out there. Not very good. <laughs> so everyone has to be careful and uh, don't get themselves killed and don't get addicted. Yeah, indeed. Addiction... Is a is a horrible, horrible, uh, you know, and it's um, that's don't, that's don't a thing. It's like that's that. uh, so like apparently maybe the the whole uh, Keith Richards thing is that he does the blood transfusions <laughs> to to it. not have withdrawal. You know, so that's I think every thing. rock star in the world probably is on at, at that age is you know they're on dialysis. You know their liver's pickled. Yeah, you know uh, how you can't drink that much. And not have a pickled liver or a liver transplant, but that dude can in, he can afford anything. Yeah, okay. so you, yeah, you get to the point where you just have the resources to either eat anything. the way you want or whatever. Anything, but uh, but yeah, no, you want to read that poem because not. I mean, I, no one's read it on the podcast, so by all means, I mean they can go watch it well, on Joe Rogan. But it's a great poem, and um, I, I took a class on uh, history of the frontier that I absolutely loved, and that is a very. Uh, it, very powerful poem. So yeah, we can go ahead and close, my, my close dad it up with loved that. it a lot. So oh, nice. Yeah. So, so you knew about it before. My right? dad showed it to me. So and then when I heard Maynard read it to Joe, I was like, you know, I'll. I'll, I'll uh, That's a cool connection. I'll pass it on to the uh, the Brian Wilson experience. Uh, experience. Um. So live your life that the fear of death can never enter your heart. Trouble no one about their religion. Respect others in their view and demand that they respect yours. Love your life, perfect your life, beautify all things in your life. Seek to make your life long and its purpose in the service of your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. Always give a word or a sign of salute when meeting a, or passing a friend, even a stranger when in a lonely place. Show respect to all people and grovel to none. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies only in yourself. Abuse no one and no thing, for abuse turns the wise ones to fools and robs the spirit of its vision. When it comes your time to die, be not like those whose hearts are filled with the fear of death, so that when your time comes, they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in a different way. Sing your death song and die like a hero going home. Chief Tecumseh. Sing your death song. 
That's powerful. That's man. powerful stuff, yeah. isn't it? Goosebumps. Right. Yeah, but uh, that in that, if 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 you're wanting to listen to the, you know, we we mentioned some interviews, and I think it's episode two forty six on the JRE right. where he reads that. Man, they had a super shitty studio back then. It was making me yeah. feel super good. There's no, all this, this weird lighting issues. Sometimes I, I get a little um, like a little. I, that's why I have my little cover up here. But occasionally, <laughs> I get a little <laughs> a little thing, and you can't even notice it yeah. on like a small device. But I'm yeah. you know. Uh, like there, I couldn't like, and they were doing this weird split screen where it was blurred down the middle. But mm-hmm. this has been—I mean, that was five or six years ago. But yeah. um, I'm, uh, I'm definitely gonna upgrade my equipment. Because I'm trying to get to where I can do uh, mobile too. Like I'm getting a digital recorder and and stuff like that. So anyway, so thanks for coming on, bro. Um, my if, pleasure. If you have any topics in mind that you want to do, whether it's on the Music Unraveled show or just um, in general. Dozens. Uh, a history, like I said, we could bring you back on the conspiracy yeah. episode. If you have anything you're interested in, so like I said, I'm trying to network with people that are passionate about shit. I'm passionate about podcasting. You're passionate about Maynard. I love to sit down and just hear. Like, that's, like I said, you, you, hearing you talk about him 10 years ago or however, like 13 years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like what got me more interested. You know, you, know? you, you, you just got to keep an open mind to new music. And, and you, it's, it's a learning experience. Well, and Tool yeah. is. Um, they're like I'm, I've mentioned, I've said high art a few times on this podcast, but they are. They're like a higher form of art. Like they're not, I'm, they're, I don't think they're for everybody. No, they're not. I've learned that. You know, a lot of the younger generation now, I try to get them to listen to tools. like, what the hell, hell is this? And I'm like, child, stop. Damn kids. Force Damn kids. Them. Yeah, force choke them. Because <laughs> you yeah. can't touch them. Yeah. You can't uh, touch these kids. Oh, God. Also, um, <laughs> What? But uh, yeah, man. I mean, they don't get it. If you want to just come back and talk Star Wars anytime, I, mean, oh, <laughs> I got hell, several dude. people. Like I did my first oh, podcast my on the Last Jedi, and uh, Doctor Jesse Weiss came over. He's a sociology professor at UVO, and then I've had like a couple of people be like, "Yeah, well, you know, that guy had some good points, but you know, I've got some points too." And I'm like, "They gave, well, they come gave, on, man! They gave that dude his own trilogy." And it's you know, and now they gave the Game of Thrones writers and producers their own trilogy. Yeah. So there's basically kind of like the Marvel universe. There's going to be, which is going to be coming out until 2040. Wow. So now there's going to be Star Wars coming out. Until Isn't about it the same cool time. how they're just kind of like big comic runs that have been Shit. going on since like World War II? They're doing that in cinema. I want to be dead. After Star Wars is done, I don't want to die. Yeah, I can't it, man. die That's... not having seen a few of them. Yeah, Come dude, on, I can't man. wait for the. We were talking Kenobi trilogy. We're probably talking a Han Solo trilogy. Um, I'm interested to see the spinoffs. I and mean, if they go beyond this current trilogy with Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and whatever the third movie is going to be called. Here's the thing, dude. I don't. They're, they're like, don't you want your kids to have it to look forward to after you die? No. I want, I want it all for me. I want me. it for me, man. Damn. This is my stuff. This we, is my stuff. We were talking about uh, different things yesterday, and Star Wars came up, and uh, Rob <laughs> said something about Anakin, and uh, yeah. we were talking about like uh, the school shooting. He was oh, talking about man. no one blamed the lightsaber when Anakin's like, because he said oh, something about man. Anakin. I was like, Hayden Christian Anakin or, or young Anakin? Like, and, which and, Anakin? <laughs> yeah. Which Anakin? Yeah. But, you know, the younger Anakin ended up, due to all this bullying and stuff from him being in the Star Wars movies. Yeah, he bullied. works at a mall now. Yeah, well, so he ended up going to, like, a like a psychiatric facility oh, for a man. while. Like, uh, like maybe schizophrenic or something. Poor dude. I know, but it was, like, it was probably because in his formative years, before mm-hmm. he developed his prefrontal cortex completely, right. he got picked on, bullied. I mean, it's just like, that's why, whether you're doing drugs, growing up in Hollywood or whatever... You see, like, Elijah Wood is one of those only childhood yeah. um, stars that yeah. is not just totally fucked up. Right. Corey Feldman. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, McCole. Corey I mean, and McCole I'm not, like, not talking shit about Macaulay Culkin. No, uh-huh. I don't think he's. Too, I mean, he's kind of fucked up, but he looks fucked up. He looks like it, but I, I mean, he kind of looks like that. He kind of looks no like one, a bigger version of his childhood self. I made the I made a funny home on two joke yesterday on the podcast. I'll let you listen to uh, this. Yeah. some guy named Rob podcast. I look forward to that. Credit card, you got it. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been slipping that in a totally appropriate place because it's uh, we got we got phone scammed. And yeah, got our voice signatures. Oh no! And when I tell the story, I reference home on two, and the people that get it, they laugh. Really Thank well. God! Thank God! Well, right on, brother. Let's uh, we'll go ahead and sign off. And uh, again, man, I look forward to having you back. It's great to sit down and catch up with you. We logged about two and a half hours of greatness. I, I thought it went extremely well, man. And, Me too. Uh, thanks again for your time. Signing off. <laughs>